And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. This is the Hagman and Hagman Report for tonight. I'm not getting any audio, Eric, just so you know. This is the Hagman and Hagman Report for tonight. Check Welcome. Plug. Welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Yeah, that threw me right off there, didn't it? We're, there we go. We're doing some, uh, doing some upgrades, doing some changing around here at the Hagman and Hagman Studios. And, uh, that was my fault, I guess. The, the plug, it was not in tight. Now it is. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all good, though. That's all good. Folks, we broadcast live each and every weeknight, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. That's Monday through Friday. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you for your belief and your trust in us as we walk through this minefield of current events together. And it is a minefield. Folks, don't forget, we've got uh, two different websites, HagmanReport.com. That's the place to go. Bookmark that website. It's HagmanReport.com. And, uh, of course, HagmanAndHagman.com for the show information. And you can... Um, Follow us on both Facebook and Twitter. Like us on Facebook, Hagman Report. That's Facebook, Hagman Report, and Twitter, at Hagman Report. I've got a personal Facebook and uh, Twitter account as well, should you so desire. Uh, lady uh, does, uh, Lady or Studio Dog does input more than I do there. <laughs> and, uh, however, uh, boy, I, I was talking to Steve Quayle earlier today, and uh, he called me up and uh, we were, we, 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 we talked for quite a while. A lot of things taking place, a lot of things on his radar, and uh, stuff that we're going to be getting into. Uh, he, he had a, a number of a very uh, uh, good conversations with uh, sources. And, you know, you just don't, I mean, things are going sideways now. So we're going to be talking about the Russia and the United States, what's going on with Russia. We're going to be talking about um, Pakistan and India, yep. the entire geopolitical spectrum. Before we get into the program, just want to mention, folks, that tonight's program brought to you by HelloFresh. You know, HelloFresh is the best meal delivery service bar none. Now, we are the Hagman household, my wife and I, we use HelloFresh, we're customers. And HelloFresh, they deserve that everyone deserves a natural delicious healthy meal and what they do is they send out a uh, uh, each week hello fresh creates a new delicious recipe with step-by-step instructions designed to take oh, about a half hour to cook for for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks uh, who are short on time they source the freshest ingredients they measure the exact quantities so there's no food waste and and they also have a full-time registered dietitian on staff who reviews each recipe to make sure that it's nutritionally balanced hello fresh is fantastic it's it's really it saved us time and it's given us the way oh there <laughs> is that apron from hello fresh <laughs> yeah there there i am and and see i we do practice what we preach there is a meal right there from HelloFresh, and uh, yes, I see the stove. I see the apron. Yeah, and it's it, it, the box. I don't see box. anything cooking. Oh no, no, my wife, no, no, my wife says you can't, you can't mess <laughs> with good food. Uh, but folks, uh, look, go to HelloFresh.com. That's HelloFresh.com, and, and our promo code is Hagman. H A G M A N N. That's HelloFresh.com. Hagman. And by the way, 
listeners of our program get $35 off your first week of deliveries. So visit HelloFresh.com, enter the pro- promo code Hagman, H-A-G-M-A-N-N, when you subscribe. It's really, it's really painless and it's great. It's a fantastic service. That's right. We do this. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, and I mentioned the other night, I saw our, our, our lady, the studio dog, loves it we, we, only because she gets, uh, like, I'll give her a bite. She'll sneak in, you know, I'll give her a bite. And she, she knows, I, I swear that she knows that, um, it's, it's great food. I mean, it's not grocery store food. This is the best. But anyway, I love that. I love HelloFresh. And, and we, but by the way, we don't. And this is something everyone should know. When we talk about products like this, we use. We don't, we don't endorse products that we don't use or we haven't tested and tried. So there you have it. Um, but the news headlines, man. Well, here's, I want to say this. Fire away. Well, yeah. What ahead. we're going to get into tonight. Um, we're going to be in this segment covering news, current events, headlines, as my dad said, geopolitics from economics, both international and domestic. We're also going to be talking about the escalation in Syria between the U.S. and Russia, as well as what we see happening between India and Pakistan and yep. the military yep. escalation there as Pakistan is mobilizing its army and launching some drones and the tensions are rising there. But we're going to do something a little bit different tonight in tonight's show. We want to have listener interaction, and we're doing so through our social media Facebook, Facebook feed, yeah. uh, The Hagman Report, uh, folks, and the link is an, under the show description, The Hagman and Hagman Report on Facebook. You can submit a question, and we will answer listener questions throughout the show and uh, keep them clean. Keep them relevant. <laughs> well, of course. And we will, we will, we will answer yeah, our and this is, um, are, The questions we have already, Joe, are, are phenomenal questions. I mean, really. Okay. And I'm looking forward to answering them. And again, folks, uh, there's a link underneath. Uh, if you're on YouTube listening uh, or on Blog Talk in the show description, there's a link right to our Facebook page, the Hagman and Hagman Report. And you can post the question right under the post where it asks for the questions. And we will yeah. uh, answer those as the show goes on. Now, in the second segment, uh, first hour, second segment, we are going to have Lane Miller of Minuteman Rocket Stove join us. He's going to come on and talk about a little bit about his um, Minuteman Rocket Stove, but also about how to start uh, fires, how to start fires, and how to do so efficiently. And it's something that he says that you know we talk a lot about, and we don't really practice. So he wants to go over some basics with. Uh, fire starting. You, you know, I, I had a, and, and this is true, I had a uh, situation with attempting to start a good fire, and, and I've got a fireplace, okay, but um, when, you, when you try to start fires, especially in adverse conditions, there there are a few things to, once I heard what Lane Miller has to say, once I heard about this, about yeah, how to properly start fire and you think well that's common sense well 90 percent of it is that 10 percent is is what lane miller is going to give us tonight so the the 10 percent is to help you that's right start fires that will last and burn and cook your uh, meals and and we who knows man we might be um hey some people on the east coast with respect to the weather the hurricanes you you don't know if you're gonna have power and gas service Mm -hmm. up there um you know, with the, with the inclement weather facing, and it's been four thousand days since we the United States has had any significant hurricane. And with uh, Hurricane 
Matthew, while you mentioned hurricane, there's there is a hurricane down in the mm-hmm. Caribbean, Hurricane Matthew. Yep. And uh it's considered a major hurricane. It's been bumped up to a category four and the track for the hurricane looks as though it could go through the Caribbean up north and from that point north it could veer off into the Atlantic Ocean or it could hug the US east coast and I don't know how, but some are even predicting that it could pull a, a Sandy-type move and go inland yep. anywhere between the Carolinas up through um, uh, New Hampshire. So that's something that we're going to have to keep our eye on. Hurricane Matthew will threaten the central and northern Caribbean region with flooding, rain, damaging winds, and a uh, um, big storm surge. Early next week, Matthew is currently a Category 4 and will continue to move west-southwestward across the Central Caribbean Sea before making an abrupt turn to the north this weekend. Matthew's the second major hurricane of the season, following Gadsden from August. Now, it goes on to say that the uh, mostly the Caribbean is what is in the, the crosshairs right now, but... The question for America is what will happen with Matthew after it moves north and away from the Caribbean, and will we see it make yeah. landfall here in the United States? So something to keep your eye on there as far as weather is concerned. And isn't it interesting, the timing, I find the timing a little bit interesting. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. Uh, the end of September, beginning of October, of course, this is hurricane season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been hurricane yeah. season since June, I believe. Well, right, June. June through uh, December, basically is the, the time. But, but yeah, it's it, it is indeed something to keep your eyes open about. Now, one thing I wanted to I wanted to just bring up here because there's a lot of talk right now. The internet seeding the internet, the United States seeding the the control of the internet, uh, and I'm seeing a lot of hysteria associated with this. I, you know what, folks, I I do believe. Just based on my research, that yes, you're gonna you're gonna be able to. Eventually, there will eventually be ramifications from this. Um, I don't believe that there will be. I, I've seen postings where people are saying, "Well, if I if I don't see you on the internet, you know, I mean, if this is the last day, I'll I'll talk." Right. To you. People think it's going to be some instantaneous type right, thing right. where you know the internet's turned over at midnight tonight, and tomorrow it's going to look like a whole new and different uh, landscape, yeah, unrecognizable that's, that's to what it is today. No, no, not at all. No. And you um, uh, posted a story today on the Hagman Report about four states suing to block right. Obama's internet transition set for. Uh, which would be tonight. Um, it was from from uh, uh, Zero Hedge, I believe, Tyler yes. Durden. Yeah. And um, this gets into, you know, the uh, who's fighting against it, Ted Cruz being one of the uh, opponents, um, setting up, uh, trying not to hand o- let them hand over the, the control of the Internet. And, um, you know, I, I guess what is going to happen? Well, as this uh, is turned over under Obama, a plan that is, from my understanding, you know, Obama's unconstitutionally and illegally handing something over. He does not have the authority to do so there, without the approval the of Congress. That's right. That, exactly. And, and everyone's familiar, or probably everyone listening to this is familiar with the uh, URLs, the address bar. When you look on the address yeah, bar, you www. see... www. Right. And then that's but, the URL. But... but 
aside from the the alphabetical name, there is a uh, numeric address associated with that website. And in fact, I think Steve Quayle has posted his on his front page. The the actual numerical uh, numeric address will not be affected. The names could very well be affected um, with this with this seating the control over ICANN, the ICAA or ICANN. Uh, however, you're, this is going to be incremental in nature and is more ec- economic. It's going to have more of an economic impact and a gradual incremental censorship impact as opposed to well good night everyone you know lights out bang that's not going to happen or at least i don't believe it will of course i could be wrong but uh i, I don't think that'll be the case so you know let's back back off the hysteria on this and let's understand the ramifications and, and there's some there's some stories articles out there and we don't have to go through it but you can find the actual um the actual, uh, well, you know, the results that, uh, potential results on, on the internet uh, transfer. And it's something we're definitely going to continue to keep our eye on. Now, um, the presidential debates, uh, they were covered right. here, uh, on the Hagman and Hagman report. I was absent the yes, day the debate happened. I was <laughs> literally in, in, in just a, a fever pitched in my bed, just in, in misery. But you mentioned something. Uh, about the debates the other day that has turned out to be pretty accurate. This, according to the Daily Caller, the Presidential Debate Commission admits Trump's mic was messed up. The Commission on Presidential Debates reported on Friday that there were, in fact, issues with Donald Trump's microphone at the debate Monday evening. Following the debate, Trump told the press that they gave me a defective mic. Did you notice that? Well, my mic was defective it wasn't the within fact, the room. No, no. See, this is not. This is not. Maybe that's what Trump said. But yeah, what they what did was they said. lowered the volume on the mic. So you've got Clinton being able to talk here and look out and look at the camera, and you had Trump having to talk right into the mic because the volume on the mic was adjusted low. And Trump did pose the question, was this on purpose? Absolutely it was on purpose. Don't tell me. You've got a 100 million people watching, and you're going to have something screw up like this? No, I don't think so. Uh, the lighting was, was, and you're going to see, hopefully see stories about the lighting, because these are Hollywood stage tricks that were employed against Trump. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. And Hillary Clinton also had help. That went beyond uh, even receiving the debate questions early and being shielded from controversial subjects from the debate moderator. Of course, uh, there were uh, different things with the podium that people noticed from people handing and taking away talking points or or papers. There, there yeah, was right. the Not question of another points. earpiece being worn during the debate for the potential of being fed information through an earpiece, and. Um, we see what happened. You know, it has now come out that they say Trump had issues and there were sound level problems. Uh, but as you said, it was something that seemed to be on purpose. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I believe it was. Now, the, um, uh, you know, it, it, it was not really a debate. When, when you have a moderator that asks candidate A uh, one question and candidate B another question, 
that's merely uh, two simultaneous press conferences. That's not a debate. A debate is the same que- question answered by both parties mm-hmm. all of the time. Just look at the 1960 debate between Kennedy and uh, Nixon, and and you can and it's online, folks. You can you can see this online. To me, that's a gold standard in terms of debating. Uh, only because that was the first televised debate of any presidential election in history. It's my understanding, but there was there were things that um, were I, I don't know if I should say employed there. You had Nixon that was pasty, sweaty, and his physical his continence was or continence, yeah, his appearance was not as as put together as Kennedy's. Okay, um, the lighting might might have been somewhat off as well but maybe that, that that's as far as it went but the 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 um the moderation of that debate was a lot different than as it is today and there's another thing i noticed too there was a level there was an element of statesmanlike conduct between both individuals there was no sh- uh, shoulder shimmy yeah. shoulder shimmy Did y'all catch hillary's shoulder shimmy what are we in 12th grade Seriously, What's a shoulder shimmy. Oh, I'm not going to do it. Was it like a? I'm not going to do it. I mean, I, I looked at that and and I thought, you, you know, tenth grade uh, behavior. Um, and it blew my mind that 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 you had actually you have you have adults playing that over and over again and celebrating that behavior. So this is a song. Hillary no, Clinton's no, song is the election. Yeah. No, they they put it to music. It, it, it's just a shoulder oh, okay. I see shoulder yeah. movements. Uh, to me, come on, really, you got to do that. And but th- these are just. This is how they're laughing at you. They're laughing at us. These people are laughing at us. They're they're thinking. They think that the entirety of the American public is stupid, and many people yeah, are. I'm sorry, because you can, and you can't fix stupid. You can't rehabilitate stupid. Well, you can fix stupid. It's gonna, it, however, it would take a lot they of count work. on the people not to do the uh, the research, the due diligence to find out the truth. You know, there's an interesting article that came out today about the percentage of people that trust the fact checking of the presidential nominees, and it was I believe by the way, it, it's not a moderator's job to fact check. You don't fact check as a moderator. You leave the you leave the comment stand. You don't correct the the, the participants for crying out loud. Yeah, and um, the twenty nine percent it was. Um, they say the public trusted the uh, voters. Don't trust media fact checking from a Rasmussen. Poll and as you said, oh, we've seen this goodness. so often in this election cycle. But they go on to say most voters believe news organizations play favorites when it comes to fact-checking candidate statements. But this skepticism is much stronger among voters who support Donald Trump than those who back rival Hillary Clinton. And that would be obvious as to the reason why is because we see Hillary is, as we say, protected, is allowed to lie with immunity not only to the American public uh, through the media, but f- to Congress, to the Senate, um, and to the FBI, and gets in no trouble, no perjury, nothing. But this Rasmussen report uh, did a national and online survey found that just 29% of all likely voters trust media fact-checking of candidates' comments. 62% believe 
instead that news organizations skew the facts to help candidates they support. And I would agree 100% with that. They do skew the facts to help candidates they support. And if you've been paying attention and had your eyes open this election cycle, you will see that basically Hillary Clinton is getting away with murder, basically, literally, with Benghazi, with uh, her email scandal and those who came out against her, from Seth Rich uh, to other... uh, just look at the Hillary body count, the Hillary uh, death body count, the Clinton body count, starting with Bill Clinton moving to Hillary Clinton. You can go all the way back to Johnson, for that matter. <laughs> Absolutely. And to see the media, and what you said about how the media and the the powers that be view the public as stupid, they go so far as to I mean just look at Benghazi they have proof that Hillary Clinton knew it was not a YouTube video that started some spontaneous you know rebellion that led to what happened in Benghazi they knew from the very exact moment probably from beforehand that it was a terror attack yes they were it's already come out through the communications Hillary Clinton communicated to her daughter Chelsea Clinton that it was an Al Qaeda coordinated attack uh, that killed Ambassador and, Chel- and just so you know, Chelsea Clinton was using a pseudonym as well. Mm-hmm. And they, for days after, came out and blamed some obscure YouTube anti-Islam video. And do we, I mean, this is not being brought up when the, the questions are being asked to Hillary Clinton about Benghazi. Are they being asked? No. They're not asking her about, you know, her lying about being under sniper fire when landing in Bosnia. They're not asking her about uh, her lying about her health records, about her email uh, records and what the FBI said. They're not uh, holding her accountable to her lies about Benghazi and her uh, money that she funneled through the Clinton Foundation helping foreign governments and pay-to-play schemes like Saudi Arabia and whatnot. And uh, just so folks understand, you know, Obama... And Hillary Clinton, they were paid by Saudi Arabia to veto that bill that allowed 9-11 families to sue Saudi Arabia um, pertaining to their involvement in 9-11. And because the Senate vetoed Obama's veto, um, they're going to find another way around, you know, how to get out of that. But this is what they they pay their money for. This is what they, they pay for influence. They pay for favors. And they pay for appointments, meaning yeah. as Hillary Clinton is put in the Department of State, other positions open up, people donate to the Clinton Foundation, and, you know, the certain, it's even in the WikiLeaks reports and document dumps. Some of the people who, you know, donated uh, big bucks ended up getting top-tier positions in places in government. And it's no coincidence that just because they uh, donated, they got the positions, it's directly the direct result of their money given to the Clinton Foundation that gave them those positions, just like the debate moderators. All of the debate moderators donated only to Hillary Clinton. Why do you think they were picked to moderate these debates? It is a rigged system, and we are only being shown um, what they want us to see. And some call this desperation, but Salon ran this piece today, and I guess we can... Uh, end our presidential election discussion with this. 
hate unleashed, how Donald Trump unleashed the right-wing bigots that the GOP once kept under control. (laughs) Uh, Now, this was released today, and this goes on to say, there have been a lot of talk over this campaign over the lack of enthusiasm for Hillary Clinton compared with the excitement and energy among Donald Trump's followers. It's a bit overblown. There are plenty of highly enthusiastic enthusiastic Clinton fans who are very excited to see the first woman president. And stop there, because that seems to be the, the <laughs> just like the first black president, which is not a true statement, you've got Hillary is the first uh, woman. Paid uh, Hollywood actors president. don't count. No. Yeah, paid Hollywood yeah. actors don't count. Award shows, um, you know, the ten people that show up to her rallies at colleges, those people don't count. Anyway, they go on to say, but it is nonsense or nonetheless true that Trump is has inspired a group of remarkably passionate, committed followers. And while many of these people have legitimate economic gripes that are finding expression in Trump's angry outsider populism, what electrifies many of them is something else entirely. They chant, build that wall, lock her up. They cheer wildly when Trump says he will ban Muslims and send refugees back where they came from. They cat call the media and show how protesters uh how and show protesters uh are hit while Trump cheers them on from the stage saying that Trump is endorsing violence against uh protesters at his rallies anyway what they're doing is turning everything around uh from the way it really is and they even go on to say you know that Trump's uh, selling T-shirts that say misogynistic things towards Hillary Clinton's and have Confederate flags at his rallies and basically aligns himself with white supremacy groups and the alt-right. But again, these are... Is this desperation or is this just more of the propaganda trying to get people to uh, hate Donald Trump? You know where, where it's USA coming today from? No, came no it's coming today. from Revcom.com. Don't go there, folks. Revcom.com. We're going to talk about that after the break, but that's where it's coming from. USA Today, uh, I think for the first time in its history, threw its hat in on a presidential uh, nominee. Yeah. Saying yeah, Trump yeah, is yep, unfit yep. to be president. Yep. The USA, for the first time in its miserable life, did that. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman, the Hagman Report. Uh, on the other side, we're going to be taking, uh, well, Lane we're going to do Lane, yeah, that's right. Lane Miller, uh, going to give you some instructions on the proper way to start a fire. Okay. This is in our collegiate prep series. Okay. That's, uh, this is important stuff. And then, of course, we're going to be talking about your, we're going to be addressing your Facebook questions, your questions on Facebook. You can still get them in. Go to Facebook, Hagman Report. Like us on Facebook as well. We're going to be right back. Stay right where you're at. This is the Hagman and Hagman Report. Back at you. Another segment, HagmanReport.com. That's our website, HagmanReport.com. The show can be heard, seen, viewed, accessed at HagmanandHagman.com. You can, uh, we're also on social networking. We asked, uh, we had a conversation 
we had a situation, I had a situation not too long ago trying to, uh, deal with fire. Okay. Uh, really, I, I was, I was trying to, uh, no, I was thinking about this and, and I, I attempted to recreate a condition where without power, without gas, without any type of accelerant, how, how to create a fire. And I, I was having difficulty and I'm thinking, you know, I, I, hey, I'm sure I'm not the only person that that has difficulty in this aspect. All right, so we asked Lane Miller to come on and talk about that. Is given the fact that uh, that his product, the, the Miniman Rocket Stove, relies on fire, of course, and he's got fire starters. So that was the guy that we asked to explain this. So we have uh, Lane Miller on from MinutemanStove.com to talk about the art. Um, of the proper way to start a fire, uh, either for heat or for cooking from our College of Knowledge section of the Hagman Report, giving you information, of course, that will help you survive in those times when you find yourself under the uh, not the best of conditions. So, Mr. Lane Miller from MinutemanStove.com, thanks for coming on. Let's talk. Hey, Doug. Hey, Joe. How are you guys doing tonight? Thank you. Thank you very much for having me back on the show. Yeah, Great no to have you. And we are doing fantastic. And I know you're fresh off of a, a number of trade shows that, that you were involved in, and it's great to have you back on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the last one I went to was in Saluda, North Carolina, about two weeks ago. It was prepper camp. It was a lot of fun. It was a three-day outing, and uh, everybody camped out, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, the weather was nice all the way until the very end. We got rained out in the last hour of the show, which was not bad. <laughs> but it was it was a really good time, and actually got to do a lot of what we're going to be talking about tonight, fire making. So it was kind of fresh off of me doing some of it, and that's good because it's fresh in my mind but uh, am, am i am you know, i the only guy lane am i the only guy in the world that that sometimes has trouble starting a good fire i mean seriously no i still have trouble starting a good fire it's, it's sometimes it's really well, difficult. what, the hell, what are mean, we doing asking you then <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i i can get it done usually i i do have some tricks but you know it can be very difficult and the thing that makes it the hardest is if you're in wet conditions that is always a chore um, you just have to know the tricks and, and be able to implement these techniques and, and usually you can achieve your, what you're trying to do even in the worst of conditions but uh, you know it's always a, it's one of the most basic survival skills for all of us to know and uh, just being at prepper camp I watched a few people kind of struggle and was like oh you know you could use a little remedial in this but of course I didn't say anything to them but you know it's something that we all need to, to really make sure that we can do and that we can do in bad conditions Conditions, you know, to be fully prepared. Um, you know, it, it, it's 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 the most basic thing. You know, when we learned how to, to conquer fire early on, you know, that that really took us up a notch. And uh, and it's very very important because as humans, our bodies just don't do cold very well, and and we don't do wet very well, not like animals do. So we really need that fire. And um, you know, tonight I just want to go over some of the basics. It's such an in-depth subject; you could go on and on. I could spend the whole three hours on this, but I'll just gloss over some things. And basically, if the if the people listening tonight just take a few notes on the things uh, that are important and go look them up. Um, this is a very visual topic, so some of these things you'll you know maybe not be able to picture in your mind's eye. But there's all kinds.
of videos on YouTube that show the techniques we'll talk about, the things we're going to talk about. And, uh, you know, I would say just take some quick notes as we talk and then go do your homework. And then you got all weekend to practice because it's Friday okay. night. So you got Saturday Lovely. and Sunday. Right. And, and here's what I'd like, Lane. I, I would like you to, in your mind, Pretend mm-hmm. you were talking with talking with my wife or my my adult daughter, okay? Okay. Um, or or someone that that maybe um, either has an impairment or is not, you know, uh, the underdog, shall we say? Whether actual right. or right. You, you know, what I'm saying so so uh, be only because I've, look, there's so many people who are alone out there, and so many people who are, you know. So, so yeah, gear that towards the people and the people like me who can't do, you know. Can't, can't, can't. <laughs> well, we'll just go through the basics. I mean, I'm not going to talk about friction techniques like bow and drill and hand spindle. I mean, those are very difficult and, you know, should be avoided if at all possible. It takes a lot of energy and a lot of knowledge to pull that off. And uh, it's even impossible for, for an expert in bad conditions to get that going. So we're going to go with the things and talk about, you know, the items that you should have in a kit uh, to make this chore easier. And we're going to talk about, um, you know, just those kinds of things. Um, and I guess the first place we should start off is, is what do you sort of fire with? And there's a lot of different ways to do it. But, um, you know, of course, the basic is matches and lighters. Um, and you should always carry those. And as part of your preps, I suggest everybody go down to Sam's Club and buy a 50 sled of lighters and put them in a closet and forget you have them. You know, they're they're going to be something you'll never be able to buy again, you know, possibly. And a great barter item as well. And it'll always be something you can have a good supply on it. They're not that expensive. Just buy them in bulk and put them away. But um, matches and lighters are, of course, you know, the, the go-to in the modern day. They do have some very big drawbacks, though. Um, they're both extremely susceptible to moisture. Uh, matches, um, even the waterproof kind, over time as they're exposed to the weather, they're going to they're gonna fail on you and be useless. Um, lighters, also the same. Uh, the little ferro that's in a lighter um, will corrode and deteriorate very fast, and the little wheels get all jammed up, and, and you know, moisture is really hard on them, too. And it doesn't even take rain. This could just be dew in the morning. So I don't think you should ever rely on those two, but you should always have them just for convenience. Um, the next thing I would always have, now this is my favorite way to start a fire, is with what's called a ferrocerium rod. And, uh, of course, we do manufacture these, and we have them available at Minuteman uh, Provision Company at, at MinutemanStove.com, so you can go there and look at them. And, um, you know, they're a wonderful way to start a fire. And basically what a ferro rod is, is it's, um, it's ferrocerium is the full name of it. And ferro being iron oxide, and that's rust, and they're comprised of rust, and that's mixed with the element cerium, which is a metallic element. And basically, you take a tool steel um, piece of metal that's attached to our rods, it's, it's, a, it's a little thing, and you slough it down the side of the rod using the sharp edge of that tool steel, and it takes a little bit of the material off. At the same time, it's providing friction heat using the cerium, and what flies off as sparks is actually burning iron, and it's burning at 3,500 degrees, so it's extremely hot. But it won't hurt your hands. It doesn't stay hot long enough to do that, but it will catch things on fire. So that's my favorite. I love ferro rods. Um, they're very durable. Uh, the ones we sell have anywhere from 10,000 to 100,000 strikes in them. So 
Um, I can tell you from doing trade shows that even our smallest rod um, of using them at trade shows to do demonstrations, it'll take me six and eight months of solid trade shows to wear even one of our little ones out. And I've made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fires using um, one of those. So they are very durable. Um, they're impervious to water. So basically you just wipe the drops off and start scratching away and they'll make sparks even when you're wet. So that's a very important aspect of them. Um, they're my favorite. Uh, another thing I carry in my kit is a magnifying glass. So if you're in sunny conditions and you can start a fire with a magnifying glass, just like we used to burn ants back in the day. And uh, that's a great thing to have in your kit as well. There's a bunch of other things. I mean, you can use steel wool and 9-volt battery, and there's a thing called a fire piston and all those other types of things. But, you know, they're kind of fringe. I, I, I've never used um, you know, either of those, really. I've seen it done, but I've never carried that in my kit. But, of course, like I said, this is just a gloss over. Um, the things I do carry, though, are the matches and lighters, and I do carry ferro rods, so plenty of those, and I have magnifying and the reason I carry plenty of ferro rods isn't so much that they wear out. It's just having backups for your backups. Always have one that you can lose or two you can lose and you still have that. So that's basically the rundown on fire starters. Um, you know, I guess the next thing to talk about is what do you light on fire with them? And um, basically it comes down to there, there's two things. And these I'll get into a little nomenclature now. Um, tender and kindling. Now, a lot of people use those words interchangeably, but they really have different meanings. Um, tender is typically the very small and very flammable um, in nature. It'll ignite from a spark. That's the definition of tender. So the things that I use as tender and the ones that are easiest to carry in your kit, one is cotton balls and Vaseline. It's such an easy combination. You just take a, a cotton ball, swipe it through some Vaseline, stuff it down in a pill bottle, and just keep doing that, cramming them down in there until you can't get any more in your pill bottle. And you'll have enough cotton ball and Vaseline mixture in there to make dozens, if not hundreds, of fires uh, just out of one pill bottle because you don't have to use a lot of your tender. It's just to catch the spark and just to get it started. And that's um, really handy, Lane. That, that you mm -hmm. taught me, actually, when we were first talking with you about your Minuteman stove, is the cotton right. balls and Vaseline. And, you yeah. know, you can take uh, old spaghetti jars or, you know, something smaller, like a, a jam jar, old little mason jars, and mm -hmm. you get a, a bag of cotton balls and a, and a thing of Vaseline, and you dip each cotton ball in Vaseline, as Lane said, and, and stuff them in there and put them in your to-go bag, your bug-out bag. Uh, as you said, hundreds of fires can be started with just those, and it's a very simple, easy, and efficient way to do to do that. Yeah, and if you don't want to go buy cotton balls, you can even use the dryer one out of your dryer. You know, as long as it's not full of polyester. The, uh, the, the dryer lint in your dryer is basically just fibrous cotton, so it's an excellent fire, fire uh, tender as well. Um, there's another one that's called charred cloth that you can make. That's kind of an old school way, but basically you just take um, T-shirt material, 100% cotton T-shirt material, and I make it in aluminum foil. I cut it into about two or three inch squares, and I'll stack it in uh, aluminum foil, and then you just throw it in a fire, um, you know, for a little bit. Now make sure you're aluminum foil sealed up good and tight. You don't want any air getting inside. But you can also do this inside of like a little steel um, 
bottle or something like that. As long as the air can't get to it and it can't ignite, it'll heat up in there and just turn black. And you know it's done when your material is turned totally black. Then you pull that out, and that charred cloth, if you hit it with a spark, it will actually start burning and, and then catch that ember and give you enough that you can get um, you get your fire started. That's very good. Um, finally, shredded paper can work as long as the paper is really uh, dry and it's shredded up very well. But one of my absolute favorites is, is called fatwood. Um, it's, it's found in the, the stumps and in the knots of dead pine trees. And the reason I like it so much is that it's laying around in the woods. Um, and here's where, folks, you can just you know, write this down, fat wood, and how to harvest, and go look it up on a YouTube video. There's, there's dozens of these videos that will show you how to harvest fat wood. Now, we sell a variety of fat wood um, at Minuteman Stove. It's, um, it, we call it Maya sticks. It's actually imported up from Honduras, and uh, it's got an extremely high resin content, as high as 80%. So this stuff is just chock full of resin, and that's what fat wood is. Um, the pine tree dies, but the roots continue to pump um, the, the sap up into the tree, and it just coalesces in the stump and in the knots, and that resin is extremely volatile. And uh, to use uh, a, a piece of fat wood to make a fire, basically what you do is, is create what's called Maya dust. And our sticks come, they're about eight inches long and about three-eighths inch square. But you just basically take your pocket knife or any knife and uh, you slough the, 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 the side of it with the edge of the knife and it'll scrape down and you scrape down and you scrape down and it'll make a pile of this real fuzzy looking type of, um, like we call it, Maya dust. It's fuzzy and, and uh, it's extremely good. You just need a little pile of it. I mean, you know, this, you dig around as a quarter, really. That's all you need. And you hit that with um, your ferro rod and it'll light right up. And that resin burns very hot and it burns very long. And uh, fat wood can also be shaved into shavings, which would make it more kindling. But, um, you know, it, it can be shaved into shavings and it's extremely hot when it burns and it burns a good long time. So that's something I wish anybody who um, lives near pine trees learn about fat wood and how to harvest it. It's excellent. But if you want some of the premium, we certainly have it at our uh, at our site. Uh, the best fat wood I've ever used. It's fantastic. Um, you know, cedar bark can be used as well. It doesn't have resin in it so much, but you can take that fuzz and kind of roll it up in a ball and hit that with some sparks, and it'll catch on fire. Um, even the fuzz from cattails and dandelion flowers, those little fuzzy balls at the end of the dandelion flowers, that stuff will catch on fire as well from sparks. So it's excellent tinder too. And depending on your geographic area, there's all kinds of local things that grow in the wild that you can use, and there's all kinds of homemade things you can use too. But always know that you can use the lint out of your pockets. You can take a piece of t-shirt material and bang it with a rock until it's fuzzed up to the point where it'll catch a spark. So cotton is always a great one. And most times, even if you didn't bring any with you, you'll be able to harvest it out of your clothing. So always remember that trick. And the Vaseline doesn't make it catch on fire any easier. I mean, any any easier. It just makes it burn longer. So if you don't have Vaseline, the cotton ball will still work. You just don't have as much time to work with it to get your uh, get your kindling going. But um, basically, that's the. Go ahead. I, I got a question about the uh, the size of fires now. 
say you're outdoors and, and you're having to shelter in place per se and building yourself a, a shelter for the evening. Um, uh-huh. if, uh, we, when you build a fire, especially if you're in a colder environment, you want it to, uh, keep you warm, uh, okay. for as long as possible. Um, okay. you know, what would be a good, you know, some people start, you know, you build the fire with a little bit of tinder and then you throw some, uh, smaller wood on top. And then, but you see some of the people who build, you know, big fires where they have, you know, maybe a three to five foot radius and they put the sticks up, uh, in a vertical type position against, against each other. Mm-hmm. I guess what, what's the best way to build the, a longer lasting fire that can keep you sustained, you know, through most of the, an evening without having to continue to throw wood on it? Well, there is a type of fire um, that's known as the all-night fire, believe it or not. Um, you, you build a structure that's in kind of a V-shape. Um, you take some sticks, and you stick them into the ground in a V-shape, and you stack your logs, which you'll you know cut. Say you've got mm, four to five-inch diameter logs. You'll line them up one side and line them up the other side of the V, and you build the fire in the middle. And as the fire burns all night, those logs will actually roll one after another as it burns down into the fire, believe it or not. And you can start the fire in the evening, and it'll still be going in the morning. Um, they'll burn all night long. So that's one technique. You can look at that uh, look that one up. It's called the overnight fire. Um, there's another technique that I saw that I, I that the Russians used out in uh, in, the, in the woods, and it's a, a three log fire. And basically, you build your fire between th- uh, two logs, two really big logs, and uh, you build a fire in between them with the gap being, let's call it, uh, a foot, and the logs are four or five feet long. And then right before you go to bed, you put a third large log on top of those two two logs that are down below. And because of the way that the fire wraps around the log, it just radiates off of it. And you sleep one person to either side of that fire. And that's a really good fire for keeping you warm at night. Now, I don't know if that'll last all night, but, um, you know, that's a technique that I saw um, that the Russians used, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I never had a chance to try that one, though, even though I do know the overnight fire does work very well. Um, that was developed by pioneers going across the, uh, going across the uh, plains. They used that type of fire, the, uh, the all-night fires. So that's one thing. Um now, one thing that we, we probably want to talk about is how to start your fire. And the most important thing about starting a fire is to pre-plan the whole process that you're going to use out and have everything prepped ahead of time. This is the, one of the first mistakes people make. You need to have a little pile in front of you that's your tender and, and, and what's known as a bird's nest. Now, anybody who doesn't know what a bird's nest is, um, it looks just like a bird's nest. You, you go and you gather little small little small tender and grasses and you build a little cup shape and you put your uh, tender in the middle of that and you strike your fire and then as your tender starts to boil you kind of wrap the edges of the bird's nest around and it'll catch you know the whole bundle on fire and then that's the bundle that you stick into your pre-made ready to go little structure say it's a little 
you know, TP style structure of sticks. You stick that whole thing in there, and that's how I typically get my fires started. And that's, it's, you know, also the way is the best way, especially if you're doing something from embers where you don't actually have a fire to begin with. You, you'd use that bird's nest because you blow over the embers and it'll light the bird's nest on fire. Um, and I'm talking about techniques like um, the charred cloth or using a fire piston or if you did happen to have to use a bow and drill or, you know, a, a hand spindle of some type like that to start your fire, you'll want to create a bird's nest. But have all this stuff pre-planned out in little piles, you know, gradually getting larger and larger up until you get to your main fuel. You know, your main logs are here ready. But pre-plan everything and have it all right in front of you so you don't find yourself having to sit there and snap wood real quick or go find some more while you're trying to start your fire. It's during those times when you're not paying attention is when your fire will go out or, you know, start to fail on you. So definitely do that. Um, you know, when you do start your fire, make sure to do it in a safe place, of course, and clear everything away that's that's combustible so you don't start a forest fire. And you can even make a, a ring of rocks and that kind of stuff around it. Um, and you always want to start with smaller sticks and, 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 and build your fire with smaller sticks. Um, one of the main mistakes that I see people make is they try to put big wood on too early. And yeah. you really need to get your fire going and, and get a good, you know, base of little coals and get it good and hot, kind of dry that area out a little bit where you're making your fire before you keep adding big wood to it. Just remember that every piece of wood that you add to your fire subtracts away heat and energy to heat that piece of wood up until it initially combusts and starts adding back to your fire. So it's kind of taking the energy out until it starts giving some back. So that's why you want to keep it small and don't overfeed your fire in the beginning because it'll just suck the life right out of it. Yeah, um, and you said something important, too, about making sure, you know, brush and things are cleared away. As we've seen numerous uh, humongous forest fires started from people not being careful, not only from, uh, you know, not taking care of the the areas around their fire, but um, for thinking they're out just because they don't see actual uh, fire coming out of uh, where they had the fire. Instead, you know, you have the, the burning charcoal um, that's just sitting under layers of ash that, unless it's put out, for the most part, still continues to burn, which can cause, um, you know, massive problems. Oh, yeah. If, I mean, put it out with water if you can, you know, if that's if, if that's available to you in quantity. Put it out with water and make sure you can, if you can't, you need to bury everything or at least, you know, if you can't put your hand through everything that was your fire before and not find a hot spot, then you're not ready to leave yet. Uh, absolutely. And uh, especially if you live out west where there's real dry conditions or something like that, you know, you really need to be careful because, uh, you know, forest fires are bad. Smoky Bear will be mad at you. <laughs> so well, Lane, Lane in, the, in the few minutes we have left, um, you're, uh, I just want to drive home the point. Your uh, uh, rocket stove is, is going to be a lifesaver, and I mean this sincerely. Oh, um, thank you. The, the, the fact that, that we have and others have the long-term storable food, um, right. We 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 need we need a we need a method to cook uh, cook the food, and I think yours. Now we've tried in, in the prep business. We've tried other items, but yours is by far the greatest that we've found. And this is why we we have you know we're so glad that you're you're partnered up with us in, in terms of getting this product to people. 
Having said oh, well, that, thank you. Um, thank and you, we, we only have about two minutes left, so uh, okay. tell people how to, how to tell people about your stove and how to how to get that and what they'll get and so on. Well, you can you can go to our website. It's uh, MinutemanStove.com, MinutemanStove.com. It's a it's a, a really nice website. You can go there, and we've got our fire starters. And we've added even some um, we've added some uh, um, cast iron cookware. Uh, I spoke about that last time I was on, and we'd always sold it at shows, but we've added some packages there of that, and uh, really enhanced our site. If you hadn't been there in a while, we're going to be uh, adding even more items next week. So everybody, please come and the stove is a is a is a great thing to have i mean you really need a way to cook and if you don't have access to a big stand of woods where you can you know big, make big huge open fires this is the absolutely the most economical way from a fuel standpoint to, to cook that there is i mean you'll use less than a tenth probably around a 20th of the fuel that you'd use in an open fire they don't make a lot of smoke um you're not putting up a big smoke column it's portable and it seals up airtight so you can keep it in your vehicle no smell no soot it's an excellent item um you know i designed it just for us just for this uh for this need for the for the prepper and uh you know it was i built the first one just for myself and everybody i said it to thought it was great so that's why we're even doing this so um we really hope you'll do it and i tell you we've had a lot of business come from the hagman show it's been it's been awesome we really appreciate all the orders that we've gotten and we hope everybody's happy with their stuff and um fire strikers as well we've got them um ours are the sparkiest i could find it's the best fire rods i can find and they make a huge spark and they're very durable so um we, we hope you guys will come and take a look at those as well yeah uh your uh fire starters are great as well as your rocket stoves and uh, for those watching on YouTube here, I got actually one of the fire starters right here. It is just oh. a, a wooden uh, handle with the fire uh-huh. starter rod coming out of it, and you have a little metal um, striker, which you can strike, right. and you can get the sparks going. Real simple and easy. My dad doesn't it? like me. Yeah, he doesn't like me to do it in the studio. Lane, I want to thank <laughs> I you for... understand that. I want to thank you for joining us uh, uh, on this show, and it's been uh, very educational. We were talking about um, how to build fires properly and efficiently. And, folks, visit Lane's site, Minuteman Stove, and purchase a Minuteman rocket stove if you have not already because it can be a lifesaver without any electricity and or um, means to cook your food. Lane, thank you so much. You have a great weekend. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Take care. All right, folks, we'll be right back with your questions and news on the other side of this break. Stay with us. Folks, thank you so much for listening to the Hagman and the Hagman Report. My goodness, it's so great to have each and every one of you tuned in tonight. Um, we're actually going to be responding to your Facebook questions tonight, but we're going to be intertwining news and our analysis of current events in the news as we address your Facebook questions. And all of them are, are well, 99% of the Facebook questions are right on the money. They're great. And even the ones that uh, seem contentious, you know, we're going to address as well. 
but um, it's it's interesting because this this is the way I think social networking should be used, as opposed to putting up you know what you had for lunch or or uh, you know what you're doing today or what no you use it as a tool and uh, it's a force multiplier that is. Now before we get back to the program, I want to just let everyone know that we are so excited about. Uh, we're so excited about HelloFresh. And if you haven't heard about this or haven't gone to this website, at HelloFresh, they want to change the way people eat. And that's the way they, the way people eat forever. They believe that everyone deserves honest and natural, delicious, healthy food. They celebrate fresh ingredients, and, and they make magic in the kitchen, or at least allow us to. And they know that everyone, there's a chef in everyone, you know. They bring food uh, or they bring people together and uh, through food. And, and how many, ga- my goodness, family gatherings, perhaps a Sunday afternoon dinner, isn't that a great time to, to talk and, and family time? Where has family time gone? Oh, I digress. But whether you're a busy professional couple, a large family that runs at a breakneck speed, gee, do we know any of those, or someone who simply wants to start cooking more, HelloFresh makes it easy tastier, healthier than ever to enjoy the experience of cooking new recipes and eating together at home. Oh, I love it. You know, from creating the recipes and planning the meals to grocery shopping and even delivering all of the pre-measured ingredients, HelloFresh delivers right to your door so you can skip the trip to the grocery store. My goodness. Yeah, that's that's for me. You know, they offer right now, HelloFresh.com, they currently offer customers a classic box or a veggie box so if you're a vegetarian eh, they got something for you and they're going to be launching a family box soon customers can order three four or five different meals every week designed for either two or four people and new recipes are created every week that's what i like about this oh it's never boring you know hellofresh is the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking fun easy and convenient each week they they create new delicious recipes with step-by-step and step instructions designed to take around oh a half hour or so for everyone from novices to season the home cooks short on time they source they've got inside the box the freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantities needed so there's no food waste and as i mentioned before they employ a full-time registered dietitian on staff who reviews each recipe to ensure it's nutritionally balanced. All folks delivered to your doorstep in a special insulated box for free. Lady likes it when the boxes come. We've had such a great uh, experience with HelloFresh, and you, you saw me in my apron and, and such. And my wife and I kind of, we have a date night. Actually, more than one night when we, either before or right after the show, we'll cook meals with HelloFresh, and it's so easy and it's so much fun. It really is. Folks, go to HelloFresh.com because we, there's a special offer for listeners of our show at HelloFresh.com. HelloFresh.com. That's right. HelloFresh.com. Get $35 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh.com. And all you have to do is enter the promo code Hagman, H-A-G-M-A-N-N. And there's a link off HagmanReport.com to HelloFresh.com. Folks, you won't be sorry. And, um, there it is. Now, we had talked about uh, the uh, uh, so many things taking place right now, so many things in the headlines. I, I spoke with Steve Quayle earlier, and then, Joe, you can uh, punch in on this, but I spoke with Steve, and, and I said, Steve, let me ask you something. I mean, you and Pastor Langford were on Wednesday, and I wanted to ask you, uh, Steve, about this. 
I said, if you were going to do a radio show tonight, and I said, can you? <laughs> and he said, no. Anyway, I said, if you're going to do a radio show tonight, what's the one thing that you would tell people out there? And, and I and I was being honest, and, and, I, and I said, you know, I, I'm looking for this one thing that we can tell our listeners from Steve Quayle. And, and there was a period of silence on the phone, and he said, you know something? If there was just one thing I, I, I had to tell or would tell people, that is to pray and prepare. And I said, well, yeah, that sounds good. And, and we we spoke about it. and Obviously, pray all the time and, and keep preparing. But prepare for what? And pray for what? And he said, pray. Just pray. But prepare for bad things to happen here in the next weeks, months. And, and he said, you know, I don't know. I don't have a, a crystal ball. But he said that uh, the India-Pakistan issue has got him very upset. Yeah. And, um, and, and it, but one more thing. He said Russia as well, but then the economic things taking place right now. It's very tenuous. The election, he said, that eh, secondary to the geopolitics of the Middle East and of the Far East and, of course, of Europe. So there you go. So from the uh, information that has been gathered some unconfirmed reports India has put all its border air bases on high alert in response to satellite intelligence they show significant uh, Pakistani troop movement toward the border with India also uh, India has publicly acknowledged Pakistani drones are flying over their border unconfirmed reports of drones shot down by India um, have been uh, continued to be reported and in the uh, local media local India Media, they have uh, they are reporting that uh, Pakistani operated drones have been spotted near the border, along with the movement of troops that from the Indiana uh, the, 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 Indian Times. The, there, the there is a Times. there there is a ceasefire between India and Pakistan that was inked out in two thousand and three. All right, just so you know. And what what's what happened here of late? What made the difference here is. Pakistan's defense minister threatened to destroy India after India said on Thursday that it carried out tactical surgical strikes on militants preparing to infiltrate Pakistan, uh, ruled Kashmir. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what started this whole thing uh, the, most recently. Now, 200,000, uh, have been evacuated as India, India Pakistani conflict looms over Kashmir. Yes. Uh, what, you just uh, describes and, and tensions in the border regions between the two countries have escalated quickly as more than a thousand villages are being evacuated over security situation that's over 200,000 people residing in those villages that are 10 kilometers from the border in India um, now, now and Kashmir they have been claimed, moved to secure locations right. now, Kashmir claimed independence from Britain in 1947 and it's important for people to understand that both Pakistan and India claim Ownership of Kashmir, and, and however, both countries ha- rule separate parts of Kashmir. So it's kind of like a, uh, 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 I don't know what you'd call it, just a really screwed up uh, mess over there. Um, Pakistan has denied any uh, surgical strikes took place and labeled the incident as cross-border firing with little uh, substantiation. Multiple news outlets in India cited military sources to report that anywhere between 35 and 40 Islamists were killed in the anti-terror strikes. Uh, Indian security has been beefed up amid the possibility of retaliation from Pakistani army. 
uh, from the latest incident. And local media reports from India suggest Pakistani-operated drones have been spotted near yep. the border yep. along with the movement of troops. Now, we have to remember both of these nations are nuclear-equipped nations. But and, and when I was talking to Steve, he said um, that his military source, one of the sources, was saying how much further advanced Pakistan is. Uh, he rattled off some some specific nuclear devices, but uh, uh, the the clear winner, if there if there is such a thing, would be Pakistan. And don't forget uh, the the Khan network of uh, black market nuclear devices. What uh, Khan did in the earlier part of the century here, what he did with the black market nuclear mess. So that's really important that we have to understand that and. There, there are no winners in, in Pakistan or in, in nuclear war. But uh, I, I don't know if I think they're just crazy enough, Joe, to to forego any type of any restraint. I mean, mutually assured destruction on both sides is, is key here, I believe. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we see tensions rising between Japan and China with the South China Sea yes. uh, disputed territories. We see tensions rising between the U.S. and Russia as um, Russia is said to send more warplanes to Syria after veiled threats by the U.S. State well, Department. Hold on. I just want to mention this. Back to Pakistan and India. I don't know how many people know this, Joe, but uh, China and Pakistan, through proxies, have, and you can find this on the Internet, they have contributed to... Hillary Clinton's uh, presidential <laughs> slush fund and endorse her for president. Then, again, Along with the UN. By proxy. That's correct. And we can uh, hit that if you want. The UN news agency scrubs tweet calling on Americans abroad to end Trump. Oh, my this goodness. according to Politico. Um, and, you know, we've seen foreign leaders come out and bash Trump. We've seen newspapers and, and news organizations that have never taken a stand in any presidential election and or since election. When, since when did these throwers do this? Exactly. Uh, I guess it's when the new world order of globalism is at stake or appears to be at stake, and they're doing everything they can to protect their corrupt business uh, and slave wage, you know, enterprises that they have but the united nations news center the official u.n news service tweeted then quickly pulled the post that called for eight million americans abroad to stop trump the tweet published at 9 14 p.m eastern time on thursday urged americans to share a voter registration tool on the website of the activist organization Avaz that states U.S. citizens abroad could defeat Trump if they voted. The webpage titled The October Surprise That Will End Trump allows users to sign up for help registering to vote in the November 8th presidential election and encourages them to enlist their friends as well. Yep. Now, on the Hagman Report, we have uh, a couple interesting um, articles dealing with voter registration and voters there was an investigation launched in a small town in Virginia after 20 or more uh, dead citizens <laughs> have found, turned up and registered to vote in Harrisonburg, uh, Virginia. Officials 
and the FBI are investigating allegations over voter registration fraud after officials say almost 20 voter applications were turned in under the names of dead people. Yep, now, that's right. Now, um, this is not something that's uh, only held to this small town. This is happening in places all over the country, and you see things like this happening you know, all over the, the nation in elections past. 2012, if you remember, certain counties in Ohio had over 100% turnout, all voting for President Obama. Um, for some, uh, I don't know how it worked out, but there was definitely voter fraud involved. And, you know, when you think about voter registration drives, um, you know, the Democrats are the ones to put their, their, the boots on the ground and, and, you know, bust people in from not only, uh, different parts of the country, but different countries to go vote. Um, and folks go to Hagman Report to check out this story. Florida Democrats, um, are upset over voter registration drives at a local Chick-fil-A restaurant. Uh, Democrats in uh, Pinellas County, Florida, are crying foul over the supervisor of elections' decision to hold voter registration drives at nine area Chick-fil-A locations earlier this week on National Voter Registration Day. What's their beef with that, pardon the pun? Well, this Susan McGrath, head of the county Democratic Executive Committee and leader of the... uh, Pineless Stonewall Democrats, a pro-LGBT equality group, says she's all in favor of getting the vote out, just not at a Chick-fil-A, because the Georgia-based fast food restaurant chained, uh, beloved for its fried chicken sandwiches and adherence to Southern Baptist culture of its founder by closing on Sundays, the company's CEO, Dan Cathy, has made multiple remarks in the past expressing a personal opposition to same-sex marriage. Well... That's one of the reasons that pro-LGBT Susan McGrath has with Chick-fil-A. Its religious foundations is another, and the fact that they aren't supporting Hillary Clinton look, is look the main the, Look one. what the our Democrats are doing. And again, this is all just theater, folks. I mean, uh, to, to me, this is theater. But, she, but look, at, look at what the Democrats are doing on the other side, uh, where they're pooling uh, their candidate, their potential voters. She compared it to a Democratic supervisor deciding to hold an event at the at a Planned Parenthood and to get a get out the vote event at a Planned Parenthood. You don't think that's taking place, at <laughs> least not necessarily Planned Parenthood, but at facilities like that, of course that is. Yeah. And um this whole thing is a mess and, and she has a problem with this uh Chick fil A voter drive saying uh as an elected official you have a duty to even handedly and fair uh, get out the vote, but they say using Chick-fil-A as a base for voter registration is not only unfair but overly partisan as well yeah. Uh, yeah. due to the company's strong and well-understood history of anti-LGBT activism and its publicly associated uh, association with the Republican Party. Uh, well, it, it, it's, it's can, not I mean, going to matter. It's, you have it, Democratic drives to get out the vote, and they're going to push their candidate, and you're going to have Republican drives to get out the vote, and they're going to push their candidate. Well, it, it, the whole, let's see, it's not, it's not right. If, if it's they can not do right it, they can do it. it. They can do the it. The opposition right. that, you know, That's is right. is gathering, organizing, and getting out the vote. Then it's a no-no. Um if we can, let's go back to the Russian yes. Syria. Real uh, this quick. is this is critical too because we had we'd long said that World War Three 
and we believe, I believe that World War III has already started. Just, just some very quick, um, just some quick uh, bullet points here. World War III has already started, folks. In case you haven't noticed, it's going to begin in earnest in Syria. Of course, um, that's where, biblically, historically, biblically, yes, it's uh, it, it, the 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 great uh, war. Damascus uh, going to be turned into a ruinous heap. But this all goes back to not just, I mean, this all goes back to Hillary and Obama, but it goes back even further. It goes back to Bush. It goes back to the uh, uh, the globalist agenda. It goes back to PNAC later, or earlier, I should say, just a little bit earlier than, than George W. But when Bush decided to go into to, to uh, take down Iraq, this that started a cascade of events. And, of course, after Iraq and Afghanistan, you're looking at other countries, Libya included, of course, that was the Obama-slash-Clinton uh, agenda there that were actually doing the bidding of the globalists. Libya was the springboard for funneling weapons into Syria. You know that, this, okay? And and many people have said, well, Stevens, um, um, there are so many, so many false statements out there about what happened with Libya, with Ben Benghazi. I, I want to give credit here to the uh, YouTuber Montagraph. You had mentioned earlier, Joe, about the video. Okay, The YouTuber Montagraph has done much research and much connecting mm-hmm. dots into the origins of that YouTube. That YouTube video which in, in monograph was kind enough to, to do a, a very specific uh, explanation video that we received and we, we reviewed with additional information, folks. There's no doubt in my mind, no doubt in our mind, that that video was the word that was originated from or by the Central Intelligence Agency. But at the time, John Brennan, John Brennan, the Muslim John Brennan who's now the director of the CIA, but at the time he was uh, Obama's uh, national security advisor. The reason this is important here is because this overlaps into Obama's identity as the passport office. You heard Susan Daniels last Tuesday talk about the passport office break-in, where Obama's passport, as well as Hillary Clinton's, but specifically Obama's passport, was altered. This was, in my professional opinion, a John Brennan slash CIA operation. And there are dead bodies associated with this break-in. Lieutenant, that's his first name, not a rank, Quarles Harris, for one, okay? So all of this is was the lead-up to what we're seeing today. The wars in Syria are being fought by proxies of Russia and the United States. Just so you know, everything that's going on in Syria is Russia v. U.S. U.S. has been poking the bear. Benghazi, the reason they, the reason, uh, the military and, and, uh, Clinton did not, Clinton and others within the higher color, um, color guard of the military, why they didn't respond was because they knew a response would, would be going against unknowns by Russia. I'm, I, I'm, that, that probably wasn't too clear. In other words, they knew that this, this attack was a Russian operation. 
and they were waiting for a secondary response. I mean, but, but which never came. But all of this, all of these, all of this Benghazi attack was Russia approved in order to expose the machinations of the globalists on the uh, the United States, the UK, France, and Israel. I have to put Israel in there to be fair, because this was an Israeli operation as much as it was a United States operation. For reasons you can only guess, Israel wants a sought out, as does the United States and the UK and France. The Western powers, they want a sought out. And to me, that doesn't make sense, uh, Israel not wanting a sought in there and putting somebody from the Muslim Brotherhood in, as they did Egypt. Well, it doesn't make sense until you step back and look at the broader geo- geopolitical picture. That's when it begins to make sense. When Israel is going to uh, be able to, uh, uh, or out of necessity, will fight the uh, the armies around it. The thing that was missing from a lot of the analytical um, things, I believe, and I'm, I'm going to be quiet after this show, is the Muslims and the Christians and the Jewish people are all looking for that apocalyptic drive. It doesn't matter whether you and I believe anything. It's what the the people in power believe, and their beliefs are driving the actions. For example, the Muslims believe in the appearance of the Mahdi as their savior, the Iman Mahdi. That is driving them in their actions. Now, Islam has been weaponized and, and but by West, but by the West, but primarily by Germany, Nazi Germany, weaponized Islam back during the Second World War, and the United States weaponized Islam or shored up that weaponization in the late 1970s. Case in point, Brzezinski, uh, Zygmunt Brzezinski did that and, and pushed the Muslims, uh, with, uh, in Afghanistan against the Russians. This has always been about the United States versus Russia. So, what the United States is doing, and, and Kerry made the announcement earlier today, or earlier this week, saying, uh, uh, bottom line, Joe, that, that, uh, there will be war. I mean, looking at Kerry's statements to Russia, there will be war. That's tantamount to what he, what he, what he said. Uh, should you, for example, create a no-fly zone, or should a no-fly zone create, be created? Yeah, Russia saying the same thing. The State Department uh, spokesperson Mark Toner said this is on life support, but it's not flatlined yet. Talking about the uh, ceasefire agreement that the U.S. and Russia had reached on September 9th, and the problem is Washington's failure to recognize and separate the moderate rebel groups, as they claim, uh, who Russia claims as terrorists. And these are their words, not not ours. Right. And this has allowed forces led by the group formerly known as the Al-Nusra Front to violate the U.S.-Russia truce agreed to uh, on September 9th. Now, it has put Washington at a disadvantage, and um, many strategists say it leaves them with few options. The U.S. has um, not many alternatives, and it could lead to uh, war, as you said, U.S. officials and analysis and analysis argued the White House has very few alternatives. If we do not walk away from this diplomatic process, um, as it is, what are the options? Toner asked. 
they can't afford to, uh, Chase Freeman said, a retired U.S. ambassador. You can't do international business with silence and ostracism. The White House put on hold new proposals to end the talks, despite the possibility that continuing them would erase whatever credibility Washington had on Syria. Um, risk that the, what they're doing, Assad and, and Russia backers are continuing um, the carnage, they say, and they're prompting Saudi Arabia and other Assad opponents to arm rebel groups with better weapons without consulting Washington. Uh, this is all turning into a, a much... A big hot mess, uh, and it is continuing to escalate. And Aleppo now being the center of uh, this escalation, and even CIA Director John Brennan says there's a very different conversation taking place now. Uh, in an interview on Friday, uh, saying that Russians' actions in Syria over the last several weeks have shown that Russian President Putin has not been serious about negotiating a political solution to the conflict. In my opinion, there is no political solution. ISIS needs to be wiped off the map. The moderate Syrian rebels, whatever purpose they were going to try to serve for the American government's secret and own agenda to take out Assad, is uh, null and void at this point. I think the safety of the remaining Syrian citizens and the sovereignty of that country is what's most important. And the U.S. has been doing nothing but continuing to create turmoil, violence, and death in that country. And I believe Russia is the country that's going to put that to a stop, which could lead to a war between the U.S. and Russia. Folks, we're coming up against our break. When we come back in this next segment, we're going to start taking some of those questions that we asked you to post on Facebook for us, as well as continue to cover other news and current events on this Friday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Stay with us. Hagman and Hagman Report. Uh, what a great, uh, what a great honor it is to be on air with all of you. Thank you so much for allowing us into your homes and your cars, and, and thank you so much for being part of our extended family. We really appreciate it. You know, these are these are really rough times that we're seeing. I believe, um, and, and the times are only going to get rougher, uh, more severe. But you know, we do have divine protection, and of course, uh, the answers are not found in the physical, but in the spiritual. And we have to always remember that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we asked, and, and you, uh, we asked, and, and we got it. Uh, we asked that uh, anyone who had questions, uh, you could post your questions on Facebook. So, what we're going to be doing for the next or for the remainder of the show is going to be intertwining news and weaving in news and our analysis on the headlines with uh, your questions. But let's start off this hour, this segment with with uh, listener questions. And how we're going to do this is, uh, I'll read the question, and Joe, you can answer first, and, uh, uh, then I'll pick up the, pick up the rear end here, okay? Uh, so, this from Deborah Foster. Now, the, the folks, you can go on the, on YouTube, or on, uh, 
uh, Facebook, our Facebook Hagman Report on Facebook, and the names are clearly out there. All right. Now, however, if you specifically said, "Don't use my name," we won't use your name. But if you tune into shows like Fox News or even MSNBC, uh, you can you can see where they, or you can uh, obviously the the names are up on the screen. So. But, but Deborah asked this. I was wondering why Trump came out against the whistleblower Snowden. Okay, that's the question. Why did Trump come out against the whistleblower Snowden? That's a good question. What Snowden did, if uh, people remember, was tell the Ameri- show the American people the extent, and it really revealed what the NSA was the National Security Agency, mm-hmm. what they were doing yep. to the American people as far as their dragnet uh, super spy abilities through just about, you know, from household appliances to computers to cameras to traffic cams to satellites and data collection through phone taps and, and email conversations, basically, um, you know, surveilling you from birth to, to grave in every way possible and it was allegedly Snowden who stole the information from the NSA, who he was a subcontractor who worked there, and released it to the American people, then went into hiding and did an interview in, in China, then went to seek asylum in Russia. Right. Now, Trump saying Snowden should be prosecuted, why? That's the question. Why is Trump saying Snowden should be prosecuted? Oh, yeah, well, why did he come out against Snowden so hard? And, and uh, Go ahead. I mean, that's... That's a good question. I don't know why Trump came out against Snowden so hard. Uh, What Snowden did, uh, I'm not... I think it broke... You know, you see people calling for his assassination. You see people calling for his arrest. But he is a whistleblower. And I don't believe he acted alone. I believe he was given that information. I don't think he stole it. And was the face of um, spilling the beans on this for purposes unseen. But why Trump came out against them. Maybe it's part of a Republican Party line trying to, uh, you know, uh, and, and keep in track with mine. GOP, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, mainstream yep. establishment types. Um, yeah, I, I and, I, and I'll just second that. I think I think that what uh, with with Trump, I think that he, uh, although he's using as we all are using, benefiting from, benefiting, understand the meaning of that word. Uh, using the information that Snowden has given and has disclosed, he's also con- I, I, well. He's condemning the uh, the jeopardy that information, national secrets, for example. When Snowden came out and revealed that hey, surveillance uh, was on these foreign leaders, and that mm-hmm. put the United States in a very precarious position. So, in one sense, I can see where uh, Trump would be saying that. However, I. You know, I do think you're more accurate than than not. I think that uh, Trump is is towing the GOP line, the Republican line, and attempting to appeal, despite his personal convictions, attempting to appeal to a broader audience. In this case, that's my view. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would agree. Um, I mean, really, and I don't know that there's much more to say on that. Uh, without having Mr. Trump here on the show to ask him about it, but that's right. Um, 
A good question would be, you know, from there, will will we ever see Snowden pardoned or back here in the U.S.? And I don't think we will. I, I don't. I don't believe that ever. Now we see Mark Rich pardoned and others pardoned by you know former presidents and and child molesters and felons, you know, pardoned, but definitely not Snowden because I, I do think that more people are convinced that his activities are. Uh, uh, treasonous, perhaps, and, but and that's that's an old. Well, we see Snowden and released, you know, methods and and ways and uh, means of how they uh, spy on people and who they spy on, and you know they're calling for his death in some circles. But you see Hillary Clinton and others who had their personal email servers breached, giving up names of you know, undercover confidential CIA informants putting lives in the intelligence communities at risk. That's a much higher crime in this, in, in public statutes and law, let alone my opinion, than anything Snowden has done. Yet she's walking free as a bird without anything, um, even resembling a criminal charge against her. So, um, what Snowden did was was small potatoes in comparison to what Hillary Clinton uh, let happen by her carelessness with her email server. Exactly. Well, th- this next uh, question comes from Linda. What do you suggest for a single disabled income restricted person to do when war comes to my area? You know, we get that question a lot, and we've had uh, when we take calls and and. Uh, do uh, interactive shows like this we hear from people who are uh, disabled, who are shut-ins who are uh, don't have the abilities and the freedoms financially or otherwise to move around and and prepare in certain ways. Now there are certain things you can do um, you know from creating your own indoor vegetable garden you know uh, there are these uh, interesting ways that you can, you know, grow tomatoes and other life-sustaining uh, fruits and vegetables indoors. But really what what you're going to need to do is is just pray and, and try to create a support group around you of uh, like-minded Christian people who will look after you in those times. And I believe that if you can't, then uh, there will be... Uh, people that will intervene on your behalf because the Lord will do miraculous things in times of of stress and trouble and he's not going to forget about the 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 best or the least of us and we need to understand and learn how to trust in him myself included as we talk about trusting in the Lord as being you know the most one of the most important things you can do uh, aside from letting him into your life but um, how much trust do we actually turn over to the Lord? And that's something that, you know, I struggle with personally, uh, trusting the Lord with certain things. And I even know better myself, but I think when, um, those times, those tough time comes that there will be people, whether they are angels or people, the Lord appoints who will come and take care of, of the people the Lord will not forget about any of us. He talks about in the scriptures how he knows how many, you know, birds there are in the air, how many hairs are on our head before we're born. He's not going to forget about those who are his. I, I, I totally agree with that. And my heart goes out to anyone who is impaired or alone because 
it is just incredible. You know, you're, and, and I've talked to people, I've talked to women who, whose husbands have either passed away or, or, or moved out for whatever reason. We've talked with older people. And, and everyone, look, we are all in this together, but we are not going to be able to, and this is, I believe this, we are not going to be able to survive what's coming by ourselves. All right. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to make it if we are by ourselves. What I'm saying is, we we there's no way we can we can survive a long term without a support system because you can't stay up 24 seven to to protect yourself, for example, uh, provide your own security. You keep, you just it's an impossible task. So we are going to have to rely not just on others, but as Joe said, on on God, uh, pray. Um, and do our best to develop a support group, or at least you know a friend, a buddy, a neighbor, uh, a church. And that church doesn't have to be a brick and mortar church, but you know the member, the fellowship. Um, it's going to be different with every person. It really is. Um, it's going to be different with every person. It, 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 the answer is there's no right. There's no one answer to that question, except no. There the is only the only one answer is, is to to trust and pray. One Trust thing God we pray. and one thing that we can be assured of, it says in the scriptures about the last days that there will be a shortage of uh, of food and water in the land. But he's there, and there will be hunger and thirst. But they're not talking about food and water. They're talking about the uh, the hunger and thirst for the scriptures, and that's one thing that we uh, that we have, and we are fortunate to have. We have our Bibles, and. Uh, when these times come, you know, besides prayer, we need to continue to be in the Word, not only uh, in times of trouble, but in in good times, in times that we have now. That's right. Um, That's right. Because if we're not, you know, uh, seeking the Lord when things are normal, what does it mean when we're only seeking Him when things are terrible? Oh, that's a good point. That's a very good point. So one of the things too, I do, this just came to my attention, folks. Uh, please pay attention to this. Um, apparently, apparently there are some enterprising people out there. There's a Hagman and Hagman Report Facebook page. That's a spoof, or not a spoof. It's it's just not our Facebook page. All right, and there's, there's a few of them. They're selling uh, they're selling hoodies uh, through Teespring. Whoever this is, you know, we're gonna find you, and and we, I mean, we can't stop it. We can't stop this. But don't don't rip off our 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 listeners. All right, if you're not at Hagman and Hagman Report, or Hagman Report, I'm sorry, Facebook uh, Hagman Report, you're not at the right place. Um, you'll know you're at the right place when you go to Hagman Report, Facebook Hagman Report. Don't don't get ripped off by people. And the people who are doing the ripping off, we will come after you only because... Legally. Do, do, yeah, do not. Yeah, of course, legally. Do not you take money. From, do not take money. or, or don't, don't do that to our listeners. We, I, that's you know, we've had I people that have uh, solicited donations under our names oh, yeah. without yeah. our knowledge and um using our using, our using our name it will not happen again and no. uh no we will um i mean that's one thing that we will protect to the end is as our listeners and um i and i think that's I, why too that the, the surprise that i just saw what i saw yeah well you know it at it's, the same time uh, it's not surprising though so we'll take care of it yeah that's right 
Now, uh, this from Vicki uh, Richardson, wanting to know, wanted to know if you believe there are still projects like the Montauk project of the 1970s and 80s going on today, and if so, what do we know about it? This is a really great question, Joe. Remember the Montauk monster? Yes, of course. Uh, the there was a bio lab off of Long Island, um, which oh, we've been there. Yes, what's the name of it? Dad, you know the name. Boy, do I have to give you a hint? Let me read the question again. Is it Montauk? <laughs> I didn't think it was that. Well, it's obvious. Plum Island. But Plum, yes. Island. Plum Island. But, but, but it's the Montauk project originating <laughs> from there, yes. And what the, what happened was in two separate instances, one that there's documented pictures of there was some kind of uh, human-animal hybrid washed up on shore, um, you know, from off the coast of Plum Island onto Long Island. And, yes, absolutely, we know that there are... Uh, these human and animal crimeas, you know, the DNA is being mixed and these um, um, creations, if you'll call them that, uh, these hybrids are being created by mad scientists or by, uh, you know, scientists, we'll just call them nowadays, um, who believe that they can create what happened back, you know, uh, when we had fallen angels, that they have this you know race of beings that uh, is outside the creation of god and these people are trying to play god and uh, absolutely uh, i believe there's clones i believe that not only have are that they creating creating animal human hybrids they're creating you know these horrible bioweapons they're creating uh every you know uh, danger and um possible catastrophe that could happen to mankind and not only have they are they creating them i believe that they continue to increase the laboratories that they use to create uh these things in i believe it's worse than we will ever know and when we finally get to the other side when when everything's all said and done i believe the lord will show us how bad it actually is and or was every program blocked project program that was ever developed uh, with few exceptions uh, continues under a different name in a different location with different people or in some cases with the same people you can get you can take that to the bank the genetic DNA or the genetic stuff that's going on with our DNA the testing and I'm going to throw something else into, into this too because this is related you know Planned Parenthood for example did you see recently uh, Peter uh, uh, Peter Thiel from uh, the PayPal I think it's PayPal yep okay head of PayPal using getting transfusions with uh, the blood of young boys now think about this for a moment because the quest here is to be a godlike, small g godlike entity, to strive for immor- immortality, and using whatever means are necessary. So this guy, it's been reported that he likes to, and, and he experiences uh, youth, or, or the feeling at least, the feeling of youth by getting blood transfusions of blood from young boys. Now. Think about Planned Parenthood, and this is what uh, this is where this genetic stuff comes in. Alistair Crowley wrote a book about how to sacrifice young boys yes. uh, and use the blood, and what age group, and and it's very disgusting, demonic uh, writings. 
And if they practice any of those writings, it, it is just, you know, the most horrific, uh, you know, sacrifice you can imagine. But they, uh, and what you said, the Planned Parenthood plays into this. Imagine That's the, right. the, the, um, I, mean, I don't even want to imagine. Don't imagine. But if they, the amount of people who have abortions in this country on a daily basis, we know that they have been illegally selling organs and, and you know body parts. Joe, Joe I just want to jump in here did you know that that was one of the big things about the um, the Center for Medical Progress what they did not disclose uh, well how can I put this I, I don't all right yeah I know you I, know I'm, you yes, know I'm going with this yes, okay <sighs> help me out here um, I'll just say this the the Product from Planned Parenthood. How about this? Uh, yeah, the Bible talks about those who drink the blood and who thirst after the blood, almost as if it's a life source. And it warns against groups of people that run around and seek to consume blood. And it, the Bible sets apart in the Old Testament specifically those workers of iniquity and demons who who engage in that kind of activity. And that is still ongoing today. All right. Let me... And they've done so in a way that is almost like manufacturing cars. They have it down to a science where they can... uh, Yes. It's just disgusting. Well, there was a case that that I saw... um, And let's just talk, talk hypothetical cases, all right, where... Uh, let's just say Russ Dizdar, okay, and and he he's very familiar with with cases like this. But let's just say there was a case that that uh, that I happened to see that involved a, a pregnant woman and a pregnant woman who was a breeder. And and those people who understand and who are familiar with Russ's work understand what breeders are, okay. And this is difficult to talk about, but. In addition to the child, which may or may not be, for example, a product of incest, the afterbirth, the placenta, according to some, and I don't want to be gross here. I'm just, I'm going to tell you, tell you like it is, okay? The, um, so there are some people out there that believe that by consuming the placenta, you are achieving, um, Altered physical states. I, is that the? I mean, I don't. Again, I don't want to get too I far guess that's into a this. Good way to put it without getting too graphic. Yeah, yeah. and see, when, when we talk, when, look, when we talk about this to people, the people look at us like we're crazy. And especially when you, it, the Planned Parenthood stuff. And we're get, folks. We're going to break some ground tonight that we we haven't talked about in the next within the next hour. Seriously, because the hour is late. But when people talk about. Uh, Oh, the Planned Parenthood, you know, and they, they limit it to just child abort or unboarding, uh, aborting unborn children. There's a whole nother big part of this. And you start talking about this and you will, I, I guarantee you, you, you're going to pay a price for talking about this. But the things like that, the things like the placenta being used 
not just in cosmetics. Oh, yeah, there's stem cells, cosmetics, uh, you know, for moisturizers and women's faces. We know about that. Oh, no, there's something much deeper than that, well beyond anything more that the normal people out there like us want to admit. There's a darkness out there you cannot believe. And uh, uh, now I'm not, let me be clear, because I cannot afford another lawsuit here, uh, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood, we have no knowledge of any criminal activity of anybody we just mentioned at all. So, all right. Uh, so, okay, all right. Yeah. All right. All right, let's get Gina Halpern writes this. And again, these are these are questions from our Facebook uh, page, Hagman Report on Facebook. Thank you for, uh, thank you for, ter- uh, for posting on Facebook here. And for liking us on Facebook. Gina Halpern writes this. Is it possible the, this whole election is a setup? And she, she continues. She says, we know the globalists wanted Hillary to be president after Obama. Is it possible Sanders and Trump were just, were chosen to be fall guys? Sanders could have agreed to be paid off. Trump gets the fame. I can go on, but that's the essence of her. Absolutely. Uh, it's a very, uh, anything's possible, but this is something that, Go. I go back and forth in my mind about when you think about the uh, relationship between Donald Trump and, and the Clintons. Uh, Donald Trump has donated to some of Clinton's campaigns in the past. He's a member of the wedding, uh, uh, Chelsea's wedding, I believe it was. Um, he has some ties to them. Now, at the same time, um, we see and know that the globalists write about what we see today is the populist movement. And this populist movement is going to, from what I understand, force the powers that be to trigger some kind of calamity that will bring the Antichrist in and, um, you know, to, to bring this thing to its end. Now, the cynic in me says, this is all a setup. It's always been a setup. And it doesn't matter, you know, there's no political solution to a spiritual problem, and there's no political savior that's going to come in and help America. But the uh, the other side of me wants to believe that, you know, Trump, there's a possibility that he does want to do good. At the same time, I don't hold out hope that Trump gets elected and things get better. I mean, I do hope that's the case. I'm not counting on it, though. I, I think it's. I think it, he could buy us some time. I, I do. And other people look at it totally opposite, where he he would accelerate the apocalypse, right. so to speak. Right. But what I do know, and what we all know, is how evil Hillary Clinton is, or an extent of her evil. Oh yeah, that's a known. So she and she's had thirty years of. Of government service, where she has had thirty government years service. Well, yeah, I mean, she's been on the public taxpayer dime, whether at the state level as first lady of governor, uh, for roughly the majority of. 30 she's years. as corrupt as they come, um, and and Trump at least is somebody who who talks a very good game, and it's not veiled socialism or communism. Uh, if he is true to what he says and stands on the principles of free market and making America, bringing America back to a, a smaller government, um, you know, 
more uh, pro-small business, getting rid of these free trade agreements that have killed the manufacturing sectors in our country, then I you know I am definitely all for them. And I just, like I said, I'm I'm just a cynic in the sense that uh, the second I I start wanting to to put hope in him and hope that he can uh, be the answer to some of the problems that we have, you know, my mind starts going back to well. What about the last hundred elections and uh, uh, how yeah. progressively worse it gets no matter who becomes president? I mean, look at all the hope and change that we were, uh, that people had for Obama. I mean, they even propped him up saying he was the next Messiah. And, and uh, Obama very well, you know, some people say, well, Obama was just lying. I think that there were some things Obama wanted to do that got, he got his chain yanked back, um, which is probably good. But, yeah, but at this point, I mean, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump in this election. Yeah, me too. Even if it is a protest vote against Hillary Clinton, I oh, do not want to see that. You cynic, you. You're right, woman. The yak in the White House. <laughs> no, I said it. The yak. There you go. We're going to be right back after these short messages with our last hour, taking more questions from you on Facebook. Hagman Report. Stay with us. This is the Hagman and Hagman Report. I want to welcome each and every one of you. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We're going to continue with the listener message or listener questions, and we're going to give information out. I'll tell you what, we're just going to be flat out, just let it all hang out, um, answer as much as we can without uh, putting ourselves in jeopardy, shall we say. And, and the, <laughs> the environment, the landscape has changed. It, there's jeopardy, believe me, jeopardy indeed. Um, it, it's interesting. It, 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 things have changed so much over the last six months, and we, we've turned a corner. But, folks, before we get to your questions, let me ask you something. Do you like uh, do you like uh, uh, fictionalized uh, eschatology stories? T.C. Joseph's This Generation series of novels. This Generation Series of Novels, I'll tell you. ThisGenerationSeries.com. ThisGenerationSeries.com. These books really got my attention. This series of books got my attention. There's three books, the third one coming out here shortly. The first two I read, I loved. This is a thrilling series of novels. T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families in a world where conspiracy theories and Bible prophecies collide. His novels move through recent histories recent history that is to the events that are just on our horizon reading these books is like reading oh, it's like going to a uh, I mean he writes so well it's like going to a movie and, and watching what's happening today fictionalized but not so much his witty style and fascinating characters provide just a great read not only will you love these books and I, I, I can promise you that um uh, they can be a great tool, and I've used them as such once, 
very effectively to awaken friends and family members to perilous times we face. Kirkus Reviews, that's a, that's a place that does reviews, they state that readers of end times fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely re- readable and fast-paced, I'm quoting here. Blue Ink Reviews calls this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Folks, get your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series on Amazon.com today. Book 1 is Precipice. Book 2 is Pentecost. Book 3 is coming out soon. And go to ThisGenerationSeries.com for more information. Glad to have them. Glad to have him as, a, as an author. Uh, glad to be able to talk about his books. ThisGenerationSeries.com Next question comes from uh, uh, let's see here, Chris M. What happened to W? He always has been an interesting and informative guest. Very quickly, and Joe, if you want to add in on this, uh, W it was our intelligence insider. He is he is right now. He is doing things that are. Well, he chose to do a different uh, go to a different direction. There is no problem between W and us, uh, none whatsoever. He's just busy doing things that don't include our show or other shows at the moment. And he's appeared well if infrequently in other shows. But he's busy right now uh, on other matters. And I, frankly, I, I can't disclose what those are because I don't have his permission. So that's what happened to W. Uh, he's still around. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good guy. He's still around, and but he's pursuing other, other uh, projects. Yeah, we met him. I liked him, and a yeah. uh, very smart guy. Yeah, very just smart. haven't talked to him in a while. No, and and he and he told us too. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about a year ago, year and a half ago. He said, "Look, I'm going to have to cut loose and do some things that." Uh, his, he's, he had a couple of projects going at the time, and he's going full bore on those. There's really no mystery behind that. That's simple as that. Now, Anna writes this. I was wondering your take on Jim Baker. The folks, you know Jim Baker, uh, the from, Jim Baker show, the Jim Baker show, right? Uh, Steve uh, Quayle, Pastor Langford appeared on on Jim Baker show. Gary Haven did. Yeah, um, uh, Jim Baker does does an, an interesting job. You know, he has a, a past, a, a shady past that uh, ended him up, and he ended up in jail. Um, and you know, they they had. Um, I don't know the the whole extent of the history, but what I do know is they uh, abused their positions and and took money money. that they shouldn't have. And um, uh, personally, I've been in trouble with the law before. I've been uh, to jail. Um, And, you know, if that didn't happen whenever it did 10 years ago, 11, 12 years ago, I wouldn't be where I am today. And sometimes you have to go through a lot of the bad things in your life to be brought back around to a good place in your life. And I can't speak to his heart or his motivations today, but um, from the body of work that I see from his show, uh, he is trying to warn people. He is trying to uh, inform people that, you know, Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior and bring souls to him. Um, And I don't know him. You know, I've never met him. I haven't talked to him. And just, I mean, from what I see him do, from from the guests he's brought on, from Jonathan Kahn to Pastor Langford, uh, you know, he he's a good show host. He's he's trying to do the right thing, and I, I can verify this that when he went to jail, 
he was not treated very nicely. You can only imagine. I'm not going to get into it, but you can only imagine. He's a changed man. Now, again, I don't know what's in his heart right now, but I do know what I've been told by other people and what uh, he has said. That That's Jim Baker, what, he, what Jim Baker has said himself. Um, yeah, he screwed up. He admits it. And, but now he's trying to do the right thing. And you know something? I mean, how many of us out there, have, have, as you said, Joe, I mean, we, we've all screwed up. So, some some of the best people I know screwed up really bad, whether it was a, through marriage or, or you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. But as Christians, we, we are, are we not to forgive? And that's just me. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I, I know that a lot of times that, you know, things like that leave a bad taste in people's mouths as, as Anna does state, but, uh, uh, hey, well, all right, uh, Gene writes this, it's been a while, uh, but could you post or send me the last message Brother Marcus wrote, uh, and Chance read on your show just after Marcus died? Folks, you know Brother Marcus from the Pine Ridge Warriors, he passed away from a heart attack this a couple of years ago, or a year and a half ago now, unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And that's a lesson right now for everyone, right? No one's promised. Do you have it? I might. Okay. Well, Joe's checking. Joe's checking on that. If if not, we'll 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 get it out there. But yes. Um, let's see if we got it here. I don't but, have but, the letter. Okay. Well, we don't. You know what letter. I do have here though is all the pictures that he sent us of all the yes uh, missionary work. Oh, we don't have the camera going. That's fine. But um, all the pictures and they all have <laughs> explanations on the back of them of what he was doing, the uh, work he was doing in the uh, Lakota tribe, helping people get heat and propane. And Brother Marcus was a really close friend of mine, and uh, that was a very sad passing. And his son Curtis is still around. I actually owe him a phone call. He uh, tried to call me today. And I was unavailable, and I plan on doing that this weekend. But um, I know we have uh, that archived, and we can we can find it, and uh, we will do that. Joe, uh, Joe Smith uh, writes this: Will you ever interview Paul Kersey of SBPDL? And if you don't know what SBPDL is, is stuff black people don't like. All right, that's a website. I don't Paul get Kirsten. it. Stuff black people don't like. Yeah, it's just a website. Stuff black, but yeah, stuff black people don't like. And uh, the the question is from Joe Smith: Will you ever interview Paul Kersey from SBPDL? Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't it, know. Our, our, well, uh, look, our guess. I mean, how we select our guests is is relevance in both content. It it, it has to do with relevance and uh, a number of things through this metric of. But. It just sounds odd to me. I don't no, because you, I mean, you don't know the website. Exactly. All right. Sounds like you're getting us into trouble. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> right. Where's the best place to buy a hamburger in, in uh, the Erie area, right? Well, Not McDonald's. No, of course not. Of course, that's a matter of personal taste. God bless you, Chris. We're not going to, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And does the studio double as your NBC bunker? Well, no, no. NBC no. bunker? Yeah, nuclear biological chemical bunker. Yeah. We don't have a bunker. This is from Chris from Reading, by the way. And uh, 
Congratulations, Jackie, he writes. Uh, hope you do some graphics graphics magic for the show. Okay, Leslie writes this. Um, when they start censoring the net, will you guys still be able to broadcast important news to us? When they stop the broadcasting over yes, the internet? Yes, when when they, okay, when they start censoring the internet, will you guys still be able to broadcast important news to us? And this is a good question that we've been working on behind the scenes that we can only answer somewhat. Oh, I mean, we well, we have uh, some learning to do with new technologies and old technologies. And to be honest, if the internet went out for good right now, I don't know. But if uh, in one month that could be completely different answer. Well, uh, I, uh, I mean, you're being very cautious. But the bottom line here, we have first of all Global Star Radio Network. That's our satellite provider. All right, so we can be heard on Global Star Radio Network. We can enhance that, or we can, through their efforts, we can make arrangements there, um, expand our reach via Global Star Radio Network because, really, they're they're good. Uh, with respect to YouTube and BTR, I don't think, honestly, I don't think that uh, the censorship is going to be severe quickly. But ultimately, yes, I do believe there will be. Couple of words, short or a couple of things. Shortwave, yes, we have right now. The uh, we're getting that ready. Shortwave. And shortwave goes all over the world, obviously, and we're also working on being able to communicate via handwritten or, or typewritten messages via mail. All right, so that's in the works. But if we disclose too much, then we give away our battle plan, and that's not good. So I want to go back, Leslie. Go ahead and or go ahead about the hamburger because I want to ask you a question. Yes, Graham and Grandpa were alive. They used to take me to this place in the summertime. Go out Route Twenty. Yeah, I know where it is. It's Turkey Drive. Turkey. Turkey what? Turkey, turkey driving. driving. Is that still there? White turkey. Yeah, white turkey. That's the place where you get the best burgers and root beer yeah, flow. It's actually it's twenty Ohio. miles the east of Erie. West. West of Erie. Yeah. It's Coney Ohio. White turkey driving. Yeah. There you go. I don't know why that just came to my mind, but sounds really good right now. Sandra Hooper writes this what are your thoughts on Trump versus Miss Universe? That scenario there. Personally I think it'd be refreshing to have a man in the White House that not only appreciates a beautiful woman, but also has enough testosterone to know the difference between the the, the two and only two sexes. <laughs> okay, I don't understand. God bless you. Yeah. This Miss Universe thing. Yes. What is this all about? Um. Well, was there some sex tape with Miss, the Miss Universe well, yeah. that came out when she was engaged uh, to somebody else that yeah, just, she ended up ha- uh, sleeping with the producer of some show or the host of some show while she was engaged to somebody else? She's been paraded around as some reason to vote for Hillary Clinton, right. and now it's come out that she was cheating on her fiance. Well, there's yeah. more than that. I mean, you know, because Trump referred to her in a very unflattering way. Now, but the question, as I understand it from Sandra, is, is you know, Trump being a, a alpha male and appreciating women, it would be a good change of pace in the White House. And I agree with Sandra. But with respect to Miss Universe, although that's not the intent of her question, yeah, there are some issues there. And the, 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 he, again, he was not flattering to this particular 
woman, and I don't have her name handy, but uh, um, she is not who she. she I think there's her a lot behavior, more important her issues to talk that. about yeah. in this presidential election. Well, yeah, but so it was a question, though. So yeah. it was good. Yeah, and thank you, Sandra. Uh, the jazz guys. They are economically killing us here in Ontario with massive energy price increases, even though we produce a surplus of energy. Just join this group and read the comments and people people's bills. Um, and we know they signed on to the UN Global 2030 climate uh, uh, change. Okay. So, all right. So, and I'll tell you what's happening. Go, here. Yeah, please. Yeah. Um, as far as the water is concerned. Um, I live in in the city of Erie, and every three months you pay a uh, sewer, water, and trash bill. Now, what they've done is change that, where every three months you still pay a sewer and trash bill, but now every month you get a water bill. Now, every three months you used to pay about $150 for sewer, water, and trash. Now you're paying about a hundred dollars for sewer and trash every three months, but you're getting like a two to three hundred dollar water bill every month. And in some places in our areas, I know that they're upwards from five to seven hundred dollar water bills, depending on the amount of water you use and where you live. Well, well now, this person's question though is not is about, about energy. It's about energy, and up in Ontario, they they have a surplus of energy. You know, energy you can- is always going to continue to be um, highly priced because they can get away with it. There is a monopoly on energy companies. But Tesla, they, okay, remember the there Tesla's is free technology. energy out there. That's right. They will never let you have it. Of course until, not. Unless it comes with the, uh, you know, the selling of your soul with that free energy. If that makes sense. Well, and the other thing, though, the, the, uh, the this gentleman is, or Jazz is right, um, there is correct, you know, the UN Global 2030 agenda, the, uh, uh, he's absolutely correct. What they are attempting to do, and I guess, I guess to expand, I mean, you can expand on the, on the, uh, uh, 2030. Uh, I mean, they tell us what they're going to do. They're going to limit our energy consumption taxes very heavily. You saw what happened with the pipeline. Or what they attempted to do with the pipeline. You saw what they attempted to do uh, with uh, the oil prices, and we saw what happened mm-hmm. with the energy prices back in '08. Uh, and and they ascribe blame to where it doesn't belong, but but behind it all is this global globalist agenda to uh, to subjugate us under this under this uh, oppressive regime throw us all into cities, pack us into cities where yeah. we, we don't have to drive we won't be able to drive, we won't be able to own a car if we could get back to the model of self-sustaining communities without the use of um, you know, certain types of energy which is very, I mean just look at the Amish people look at how people lived for thousands of years before the inventions of electricity and uh, you know, it's not as um, uh, what would you call it as as bad as people, you know, make it out to be, simpler lives do have their benefits, especially the community aspect of things. Um, before the invention of electricity and indoor plumbing and heating and air conditioning and all these, you know, utilities and uh, vehicles, you had 
communities that took care and looked after each other. Now you have communities that kill and rob each other, basically. You don't know your neighbors. Your neighbors don't know you. People hate each other just because they don't know who each other are. Everybody's so caught up in their own selfish needs because, um, you know, everybody just wants to do what they want to do. Nobody wants to do anything for uh, their families, let alone their neighbors. And because you have this lack of care and love for other people due to the, you know, increase of technology and uh, ability for fulfilling selfish motivations, you're going to have this increase of hatred. And unless you come back to a community-based model where you work together to, you know, provide food protection and everything else a community or family needs, you're never going to bring that back without... um people cutting ties with with the selfish things in life that that drive them to do what they do that's true what leslie writes this uh and and i i love this question leslie thank you leslie starker already says here's one bugging me everyone keeps talking about bug out bags where are we supposed to go well the uh whole purpose of a bug out bag is to have survival preparations with you to be able to go wherever trouble is not. That's right. But there's a chance that trouble will be everywhere. Yes. Yes. And you won't be able to go anywhere. Yes. But it's the chance of getting away. It's the being one step ahead of everybody else, being prepared, being able to help not only yourself, but people around you. Because if you have people around you that you can help and take care of and feed... You're not going to have to worry about them robbing and killing you for your food. You can work together towards a common goal. Well, the way I, the way I look at this too is, if you're if you're at home, did you ever were you ever in a position where you couldn't find a screwdriver? Just as an example, I can't find mm-hmm. a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, is that just bother you? Uh, you're ripping the house apart. You can't find a screw. Look, the bunk out bag, as far as I'm concerned, the reason I have one, not because I intend to go anywhere. It's It has all of the important stuff in one place. And to me, it's not a, not so much about going, you know, where are you going to go? It's about getting back home. If I'm away from home, I'll have it in my vehicle. Um, if I'm, uh, it, it's... But if I'm at home and something happens, I'm looking at this as a short-term solution. All right, it's not about taking this and going to Venezuela or yeah, who'd want to go there or going to the Caribbean. It, it, no, no, this to me is a stopgap measure to give you everything that you need on a short-term basis, right there. Whether it be a you know book of matches, a lighter. Um, your medication for a couple of days, um, or maybe 30 days, um, something to sustain you food-wise, it, any number of things. And you should have your bug-out bags tailored to your needs because I don't think there's any one bag uh, that's that's sufficient for uh, everybody. So, for no. you know, so, I mean, although there are certain staple items there, yeah, but I, but but the question is, where are you going to go? And, and she's absolutely right because I, it's not meant for a long term. I'm going to leave here and, and you know blow out of here and go wherever. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. 
Well, I got my uh, bunker in Walmart, so I'm there you ready go. go. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Let's take uh, at least one more question before the break. All right. Um. Oh, oh Karen. Uh, Karen Alexander says, look, can, can I have your call-in number? I keep missing it. Well, Karen, a couple of things real quick. The call-in number is on the top of our website at hagmanandhagman.com. The show information is on hagmanandhagman.com. At the top of our website, you'll see the call-in number, but there's if you got a, a pen. There's a call-in listen line, and yeah. then there's a call-in number to call in when we take calls. Now, uh, we don't take calls too often, but um, when we do, we announce it and we give out the number. If you want the the call-in number it is, for okay, listening call- live. Oh, I was going to give the talk live. Let me give you the talk live number, which is on the top of hagmanandhagman.com. It's 844-769-2944. All right. Yeah, and, and that's that's good. But there is a listen uh, number as well. Yes, there is. And you can listen at 701 I just had it. 701. Hold on. My drop-down menu is acting up here. All right. On Hagman and Hagman, if you go under how to listen, it's 701-801-3625. That's 701-801-3625 to listen by your phone uh, and not not calling in to talk to the host, to call in to listen. 701-801-3625. That is the number. Right. Now, there's another question here that I, I do want to address, but I'm not going to do it before the break. I do want to do it after the break, because I, I do have some some uh, some comments about this. You know what? I'm going to read the question before the break, and then we will get to it afterwards, because I think this is so telling. Absolutely telling. And, and you know what? Somebody said to me, this does not deserve an answer, but I think it does. Here's the question from Bill English. When you, when are you going to stop selling, I can't say that word on radio, and teach the Bible? I used to love your show. Now it's just an infomercial. Sell, sell, sell. You and your guests are always saying that the whole thing is coming down. EMP, World War, Martial Law, any day, UN troops, FEMA camp. But don't forget to send your money. Don't forget to send your money and, and buy a worthless book. Shame on you beggars and fear porn. Now, that wasn't enough. See, that wasn't enough. He had, he had to come back again. And, by the way, and, and Mr. English, it's B-Y, not B-U-Y. And, by the way, you don't want anyone talking about the rapture in your chat room. That's our blessed hope. You don't want people talking about, oh, yeah, all your post-trip. Good luck with that. Keep selling money changers. Selling money changers? No, I think it was more of an accusation. I think I ran the... Uh, ran well, the, we'll address that yeah. question after the, the break. But uh, the not, reason we... Yeah. Look, the, the reason for the rapture talk in the chat room to not take, having it, yeah, yeah, that's we don't want post-trip rapture talk or pre-trip rapture we talk. We don't want mid-trip rapture talk, any rapture talk, because it creates divisiveness. There you go. And that's in it. our experience, people can't just agree to disagree on this issue, but, and but, it creates but arguments to the point of anger and <laughs> um, you know people leaving. Yeah. We'd rather have... I mean, if you want to talk about the rapture... Exchange information with each other, and and do it, and go ahead. Um, 
we wouldn't even mind having a show about it in a in a way that um you know we could uh respectfully uh, discuss the different points of it it's mm-hmm. not that we're trying to shy away from the issue we're trying to stay away from conflict because we've learned one thing that more than anything christians attack other christians more than non-christians Whoa, attack christians especially baby. pertaining to the rapture issue and when we come back from the other side we'll address the other parts of uh, bill's question so stay with us for our final segment on this Friday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Reports. Question, listener questions on Facebook. Stay with us. Welcome back to this final segment of this Friday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, where we have been covering news as well as answering listener questions That's through fun. interactive social media and Facebook. This was Jackie's idea, and a good idea at that. We have gone through a lot of questions. We have more to get through, and it's uh, it's a breath of fresh air to be able to sit back and, and take questions and, and answer them. Oh, we like it. Personal Ooh, questions. Uh, business questions, questions about what's going on in the world of politics, and it's kind of a and, kickback uh, Friday, right? Yeah, questions about what's going on with our show and whatnot. We ended the last segment with a um, uh, loaded question. Yes, from Bill. The first part we addressed about the you know why don't we uh, talk about the rapture. Um, and it's not that we don't talk about the rapture. We don't want the rapture issue becoming divisive. And uh, and as I said earlier, our experience shows that it becomes an issue that tears apart chat rooms, it tears apart uh, you know fellowships and people. And you know we're told to occupy until the Lord comes. We're told to keep uh, our eye on salvation and continue to preach the gospel to those uh, who haven't heard it. But is this a salvation issue? Is, is the rapture no. a salvation issue? No. No. If you believe in the okay. as rapture and pre-tribulation or post-tribulation, either way, it it does not change your salvation. I mean, if you believe yeah. that Jesus Christ came and died for our sins so that all can be saved, that is where your salvation lies if you have accepted him as your Savior. You know, um, and I'll never forget this, and I've told this story before that uh, when I was when I was at a conference, somebody had come up to me and said, "You know, if uh, if God doesn't rapture me out of here, him and I are going to have some words. I'm going to have some problems with God." Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, you know, I was kind of stunned by that statement because I never really, I never put a lot of stock in that and uh, stock in the rapture. Not to say I. I, I Oh boy, anything I say is you know, going to come back even, on me. Uh, learn about this issue until we really started the show, and I did not learn how uh, important it was to people until right. we started the show. And I still go back and forth. I mean, Paul McGuire, yeah, he believes in post-tribulation rapture, and he has talked about it before, and he lays out his reasons why. Doc Marquis, 
he believes in a pre-tribulation rapture. And Stan Dale does too, I believe. Right? Yeah, he okay. does too. And uh, I have no problems with their with their arguments. I love to to read everybody's opinions on this issue, and I have my own opinions on this issue. But and when it boils down to everything, it doesn't matter one way or the other, because it's not going to change what I do today, tomorrow, or the next day. That's right. It's as simple right. as that. And I think I think and as that's, far uh, yeah with the rest of the question. Um, well, yeah, let's address that. Selling stuff. Well, okay, yeah, go go on. It says uh, um, this is just nothing but a slam. But don't forget to send money and buy a worthless book. Shame on you, beggars and fear porn. So, yeah, what we do here is um, and money changers. We have guests on the show, and the guests support. Uh, themselves and their ministries through books and and DVDs and different projects and um, you even wrote a book that was a personal experience and and testament to uh, a life experience you went through and right. yeah um, I've never had uh, the urge to write a book and I'm not going to write a book unless God leads me to myself but uh, you know if we want to stay on the air we need um, money to do so. And okay, yeah, wait a second though. I just want to let people know. Uh last year we were we were downloaded. Our program was downloaded in 111 countries. We had 64.5 million downloads of our show. Think about that, folks. 111 countries, 64.5 million downloads of our show, all right? Just let that sink in for a moment. We put in we we we've gone through a, a thousand episodes in this current iteration. We are on uh, satellite radio, and for every minute of airtime, it costs us money. We have it costs us money to have a full-time technician here. It costs us money to buy, have the equipment to broadcast. But you know something? And I just want to say this, and I'm going to kick it back to you. We have heard from more people who said, you know, your broadcast, you, Steve Quayle, Pastor Langford, uh, or whoever. Uh, uh, Paul Begley, uh, others brought me closer to God. My walk with God improved, or they they were saved. I mean, they they dedicated their heart to God. So um, that's pretty good. I, that's pretty cool. I think, right? So absolutely, but it costs money to do that. And I can tell you that uh, we didn't. Ne- we never intended to start this radio show. No, and it it happened, and the Lord blessed us, and. Our goal, we have never sat around and said, okay, we need to make money and get rich. None of us drive, you know, any kind of uh, sports cars or... Uh, oh, yeah, my Bentley's We don't have garage, boats. Right? Um, you know, in, in all honesty, uh, we do this to uh, because we were called to, and we show up, and the Lord provides. And whether, you know, it was four years ago when we were first starting out or now, the mission's still the same. It is to try to bring souls to Jesus Christ and to help That's people right. yeah. uh, through the confusion of all the lies and deception that you see today. And um, we have sponsors who want to come on and advertise and provide products, like uh, Lane Miller, who was on our show today, you know, who he, has a great product, the Minuteman Rocket Stove. Right. And it can come in handy in times when you have no electricity, emergency situations where you need um, you know, things to, to cook. Uh, or something to cook with when you, you have nothing else. Um, and it's, I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. I don't even think we really need to defend ourselves. No, no, not at all. Um, not at all. But just to, to 
And, but, but, but you know, we look. We this is something we love to do, but we weren't uh, these kind we of questions that, to do and statements and emails come when people are angry about something, whether it's at one of us or if it's something we've talked about or something we haven't talked about. That's when the yeah. these things seem to come out. If you can't ask a, a question in a respectful way, without you know name calling and making accusations before receiving an answer. Then there's some other deeper emotional issue going on there, I and you gotta uh, pray well for said. people like that. Very well said. Meanwhile, hey Jackie, would you go out and polish the Bentley? <laughs> you mean the Bentley hood ornament we took from? <laughs> Couldn't even afford that. <laughs> no, you know, and, and that's that's something else too. Um, it, uh, look, uh, we just thank you for uh, Jackie said something good earlier. Jackie, my daughter, who's coming on board as well to help us. Uh, with social networking, this this is an experiment in social networking that Jackie uh, is really was the brainchild behind. Yeah, um, because uh, you. years ago we started the Hagman and Hagman Report Facebook page and Twitter, and we didn't basically know we let doing. it go to yeah. down the drain. Um, yeah. As the show got bigger, more emails came in, more uh, things needed to be dealt with. The social media kind of fell by the wayside, and Jackie's been there to pick it up and. Uh, even make it better than it ever was. So, yeah, that's right. Well, anyway, uh, so God bless you, and, and you know, I hope, I really hope. And Jackie said this before, uh, before I answer this question during the break. She, I do hope that everyone feels that we do our best. I mean, realizes that we attempt to do our best. But look, we're just we're a business. We are not a church. We are not ministers. I'm not a minister. I'm not a pastor. Neither is Joe. No, he's probably closer than I am. We are a business, and as long as people understand that, we don't hold ourselves out to be a 501c3 charity corporation. That said, and information is our product, and, and but in so doing, I hope that we provide something valuable to everybody out there that who wants to that who want to listen. If you don't want to listen, that's okay. It, it's okay. Don't listen. We're not taping, duct taping you down and forcing you to listen. Um, so, but. Our, our goal, and just to kind of put the exclamation point on what you said, Joe, is to let you know that, you know, and the, the word fear is mentioned in here. Man, I'll tell you, I hope that we don't cause you fear because well, even the Bible says that the spirit of fear is not of the Lord. And I, I misquoted that. Um, yeah. yeah I, I, it's of the enemy. And right. If you have a spirit of fear, that's a, a, a personal relationship with the Lord, uh, something that needs to be worked out there. Um, that's not to say you don't go through times of of, uh, of moments of fear or thoughts of, of fear and panic, but if you walk around constantly worrying, you know, that the anvil is going to drop on your head or that the sky is going to fall, then there is There's a, a deeper problem. spiritual problem. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it, that's right. Exactly. And the other, lastly. And we're just, told that this stuff's going to happen. I mean, yeah. the Bible spells it out that the end days, the times that we live in are going to be nothing but constant apostasy, deceit, lies, oh, violence, you know, beheadings, uh, you know, the most hateful and, and, evil things, you know, so much so that it would be worse than the generation that thought nothing but evil continually. 
Can you imagine? And folks, can you imagine just not fear. living That's in the Middle the East? Scripture says. As a Christian, though, I mean, can you, or even as an apostate Muslim and living in the Middle East, thinking, believing that, you know, or knowing that you could get your head lopped off at any moment. Man, I bet you those people in the Middle East, especially the Christians, are, I mean, fear. But but you see many walking in, in faith. Um, so, but yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're right. And, uh, Oh, one thing I, I want to add that kind of is tangential to this as well. Folks, you, you don't know. You don't know what, what goes into this program. And you don't know. And I want you to really listen to me for a minute, okay? When Steve Quayle, when Steve Quayle comes on and says, you know, we're under attack or we're, we're getting uh, emails and harassing emails, you just you just cannot believe some of the stuff we go through here. And we don't talk about this because why, why should we? Because it just breeds more. Um, we, we've we've been mailed bodily fluids, all right, because of a person's objection, for example, over um, our stance on homosexuality. Yeah, our own shortcomings aren't enough. When you right. had the uh, the threats, the the biological fluids you talk about, yeah. the and, and odd. To have my wife open something like that up, shame on you. People showing up. Um, oh yeah, sometimes people you have know, come to our door, uh, hands out, wanting money. Sometimes wanting other things. Uh, and we've had. I mean, there's a lot of things that 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 happen. Uh, we've had some of the things we bring on ourselves. Some of the things uh, you know yep. fall in our laps, unwanted. Yeah. It comes with the territory, I guess. But, uh, but, but see, and, you know, and I, I, I laugh because, uh, I, I, somebody, somebody sent me an email saying, hey, somebody's writing about you. And, uh, when we were at the last conference about the sheriff's tower being down there, oh, it wasn't down there. Where are the pictures? We posted a picture, I think, of that sheriff's tower. But people don't believe, like, for example, we were under threat there. Well, that's just a bunch of hooey. There's no, you know, well, no, hang on a minute. We don't talk about it. And we posted one picture, I think, with a story because it was interesting and people were wondering what it was doing down there. But these things do happen. And, well, where are the police reports? Well, uh, really, you're going to call the call of police for getting a, a, a harassing uh, used condom in the mail? I mean, seriously? Uh, we, hey, uh, can you come over here and investigate the... Seriously, come on. It's ridiculous. But I would say this. Of all the... Um Weird emails, threatening emails, nasty emails. We get, we get ten thousand oh, yeah, wonderful man. emails. Yeah, exactly. So it's definitely, um, I mean, not even in comparison when you when you think about uh, the few negative things that come our way compared to all the blessings that we get. You know, and, and the rest are about the election. Uh, the, the rest of the questions, so we're just going to kind of lump them in together. Well, we got about. Eight, ten. Yeah. I can't do math. Yeah, Twelve minutes left. That's right. So yeah, and, and I'm sorry for. Really, I, I am sorry for spending that much time on on that question. Jackie just went like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Uh, is there anyone you can speak to? This is from June McVeigh. Is there anyone you can speak to? Uh, talk to Trump and tell him to lighten up on Twitter. Stick to how he's going to save America. I'm concerned that he's turning some on the fence people away. And that's a great, great question. June, hold on to that. 
Uh, okay, and then this one, Rob Newton writes as a follow-up, if Trump is allowed to be criticized for his attitude at times towards women, when will Bill Clinton's record and Hillary's knowledge of be treated with the same interest in regards to the treatment of women? And then this person doesn't want their name put on air, but it's on Facebook. Has anyone noticed that Trump's microphone was placed so low that he had to bend down every time he spoke? We addressed that in the beginning. Uh, and this from Alex Holdridge. What are the chances Trump actually gets in the office? I don't want to get into a mindset of fatalism. Neither do we. Um, but I can't see the globalists letting him in. Only way I could see him letting him happen, uh, that happen would be to pull the plug on America as soon as he gets in and then blame all the disasters on Trump and the alt-right. And then rounding this up with Sarah writes, is it possible uh, to keep elitists from stealing the election? If so, how could this be done? Or how could that be done uh, since the machines are owned by Soros and the votes are counted in Washington? That kind of, you get the, you get the, uh, gist of the questions. Let me start with the Bill Clinton, um, uh, sexual assault and rape issues that he was impeached for lying to the American public when he was president. There have been multiple women who have come out and talked about the sexual assaults they have suffered at the hands of Bill Clinton and the protection that Hillary provided Bill uh, against those women. And Donald Trump has skirted around this issue uh, a number of times, and many people are asking that same question. Why hasn't he dropped the hammer when it comes to... uh, what Bill Clinton did and how Hillary Clinton protected him. And it's even gone further. Hillary Clinton um, defended a known rapist of a 12-year-old girl and got him off with time served and joked about it. And, you know, these things are being left uh, and the intimidation of of the Bill Clinton victims um, are being left, uh, you know, really untouched when she's supposed to be such a supporter of women and women's rights, yet at the same time she has done everything in her power to intimidate and shut up those who her husband have assaulted and raped. Um, If ever there was a time for Donald Trump to hold a press conference to bring these women out who would be willing to, like Paula Jones and other victims of Bill Clinton's sex crimes, he should do it. He should. Uh, he's not going to get a chance to do it in the debates. You know they're not going to let him do that. So he's going to need to do it by himself. He's going to need to, uh, as one of the questions alluded to, what he says on the Twitter uh, feeds. He's going to need to put it out there um, through press releases, through press conferences, um, even, as I said, bringing uh, some of those women who would be willing to talk about their stories uh, while standing next to Donald Trump. He's going to have to do this on and spearhead this on his own. Now, it's going to be viewed as an attack against women and an attack against uh, you know, sexist to attack Hillary Clinton and whatnot. But her record speaks for herself. She is a hater of people in general, and that includes women, even women of sexual assault at the hands of her husband. And even you know according to Colin Powell's emails that were released by WikiLeaks, it said... And, and I'm going to paraphrase. Bill Clinton is still messing around with bimbos. <laughs> yeah. But, and, but, 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 you, but you know what told me a lot about Hillary is is 
when she got out, and I know people do change, but when she uh, right out fresh out of law school, defending that sexual predator, yeah, that really and laughed about it, yeah, even in, yep. in twenty years later, thirty twenty five years later. And I see a comment in the in the chat. Maybe Trump doesn't want to end up like Vince Foster. I would agree with you, except why is he running for president? If you're going to run, wow. you know you have to assume the risks. You do, you do. But but you know that doesn't mean. Um, just like us, when we we agree to do this show, we we uh, up our public profile, but it's not about us. Okay, it's it, it, Lord. I hope people understand it's not about us. It can't be about us. It always has to be about the message. But in 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 that case, you know, I suppose you could make the uh, assessment that Trump is is you know really a uh, an egotistical guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, to a fault. To, to a fault, right? So, but I, I still don't. Ego, uh, I don't know if it's about him. But see, did you notice how the how the uh, debate made it about him? In in a way, in, in many cases, whether it be his taxes or uh, his failed business ventures. Man, if you let me tell you something, if you're in business and you haven't failed, you haven't tried. I mean, seriously. Uh, but anyway. But you're right, Joe. I mean, you're right. But yes, yes, yeah. You assume the risks, and, and that's the same thing. We assume the risks as well. As well, um, we, we with the increased visibility, so we can't really complain about it. It's going to be like a. I always, I always just get frustrated with with these uh, uh, celebrities who, who say, "Well, I, I'm not going to sign autographs for people because, you know." Just too much. Well, they made you. You know, they they put you where yeah. you're at. <laughs> um, uh, honest to goodness, or the you know the musicians who uh, don't want to. Uh, oh, I'm any so chance famous, I get, I'm trapped in my own prison. Yeah, any chance I get, if somebody wants to talk to me, man, I want to be available for those people because the, the, I mean, yeah, uh, from from a Christian point of view. As well as a human being. I mean, we're all humans. My goodness. Anyway. Especially Christians, um, you know, 99.999% of people who claim to be Christians are wonderful people uh, that I've encountered, at least, and do nothing but go out of their way to make make you feel, uh, you know, valued and loved, just as Christians should. And... um, Sadly, it's those other, you know, 0.1% that ruin it for so many other people. But uh, fellowship is something that is, I would say, mandatory in your Christian walk. Amen to that. We need to not only have a relationship with Jesus, we need to move that beyond ourself and Jesus to other people, even if it's just by example, even if it's just somebody observing us. But to take it a step further, to share that good news and to share your experience and whether people will will listen or not you have to plant the seed and then let the lord water it i don't think i could have said that any better than that and then thank you you know what folks i just want to take a moment here to thank each and every one of you again for your support and your prayers and i know that we're gonna get emails saying you guys are a bunch of idiots because we get them every day and that's okay um, they're not wrong. We're idiots. Well, yeah, you're not wrong. But it, all we're trying to do here is just be present for you. 
and for just do the right thing. That's all we're trying to do is do the right thing. And what we're trying to do as well through our investigative reporting is we're trying to get to the truth of the matter. You know, what's the proverb? Uh, God conceals the, the, the God conceals the thing, and that's up to that's uh, a glory of kings to. Oh, or, well, I'll, I'll find uh, it. But you get the idea. You know, I mean, so. What we like to do is like to deliver the truth unfiltered about issues, whether it be the emails or whether it be the Clinton Foundation or whether it be even on the on the right, whether it be the neocon agenda for global takedown. You know, it, regardless of what it is, that's more of a left thing too. <coughs> Excuse me, but it uh, is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings to search it out to search out a matter. And, and, uh, that's Proverbs twenty five two. That's one of my one of my favorite Bible verses. And as an investigator as well, um, that's kind of what propelled me. But but I just want to say this. It's because of you, your support, your prayers that we continue on. And when we stop being a viable, useful tool of God, or tool, or some say we're tools anyway, then when we, when we become no longer relevant, then, then that's it. And, and there may come a day when talking won't do it anymore. Then we'll then we'll take on a different uh, tack, I suppose. But I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to everyone who has supported us, because we are a listener-supported show. But we're growing, too. 60, or 64.5 million downloads in 111 countries. I want to thank you, because without you, we couldn't have done it. But I also want to take this moment here. Jackie's got a message for some of the people on Facebook. Jackie, thank you for believing in us enough to hop on board our enterprise and to become a part of our, our our show, we are going to be blessed by your presence. We're proud of you. I'm proud of you. And uh, what's this note? Because you might as well read this note. Come on over here. No. Come on. Come on. Come on. <coughs> Say hello to Jacqueline. Say hello to the uh, to the audience. I'm sure people want to hear you. This is my daughter Jackie, and uh, Joe's sister Jackie, who has just joined us and is going to be with us. From now on, forever, I hope. But uh, here. Hi. <laughs> Come on, you Hello. can do better than that. Um, I just want to say that we have gotten so many questions on the Facebook page, and unfortunately, we can't get to them all. Um, but they don't go unnoticed, they don't go unread. Um, I try to get to all of them. And in the future, we will be responding to some of them online, not just on the show, um, and we will also be doing some on Twitter. So just stay tuned. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks, my. Look man. at that. Says more than Eric. In one in in one segment, says more than Eric said in one month. Yeah, there you go. And Eric does. And Eric's mic'd up. She, Jackie, had to kind of stretch over the uh, console here to, to to get to the microphone. But, but, folks, thank you so much for being part of our extended family of listeners. And we really, really, really could not do this without you. And we appreciate everything you've done. And I just want to say thank you to our sponsors as well. You're a big part of the program as well. Let me. Um, we are starting a new month tomorrow. That's right. And we have some guests lined up. For you next week, and I don't know who they are. Oh, you got to so click on the right. We, we've got digital here. too. Uh, All right, with, with our scheduling, we got Dr. Dr. Mike, Mike Spalding on yep. Tuesday, Brandon House, Paul McGuire, Brandon House on Wednesday, yep. Paul McGuire Thursday, and, and uh, um, yeah, well, we'll Stan just, Deo Tuesday also. Carl Carl Gallops is coming. Uh, it'll be in a couple of weeks from now, but 
Yeah, that's all right. And uh, we, yeah, we'll be updating. And I wanted to camera. say this. Um, the article submissions that people have sent in, there is uh, three that I will be posting tomorrow morning, and I have contacted the three people who sent in those submissions and uh, let them know that their uh, article will be posted tomorrow on the site. If I have not emailed you back and you have sent an article submission, I will be getting back to you sooner than later. Uh, I thank you for your patience and apologize for the untimely delays that uh, that is the time it's taken for us to get back to you. That is, that is my fault. But you will hear back from me, and I want to thank people who did um, contribute to the article submissions. And again, I will be getting back to those who have not heard from me and to those who have heard from me. And I, we've already corresponded. I will be posting uh, three separate uh, articles um, tomorrow morning. And they're actually all pretty good. It's uh, some ones about uh, going through tough times. Yes. Um, another one is about uh, how we've been uh, captivated by entertainment to the point of spiritual uh, blindness. Oh, and you, there's, there's some, another so one. much talent up Yeah, there. there is. And so we're going to uh, post. I'm going to be posting those tomorrow morning, first thing. <laughs> so check out those and uh, and um, let us know uh, what you think about the uh, articles tomorrow, it, once you get a chance yeah. to read them and throughout the weekend. And, and that was Lady, our studio dog, making a cameo appearance on tonight's broadcast, uh, folks. Uh, again, thank you so much, Joe. Thank you. You, you guys did a... Jackie, thank you, and Eric, thank you, uh, each and every one of you. And watch HagmanReport.com this weekend. Anything does develop, we will take the airwaves. Um, that's for sure. Yeah, and don't forget, uh, I'll be filling in with Dave Hodges this that's Sunday right. night, and then next week it'll be you. So the following week, right? Yeah, exactly. the Common Sense Show. Until then, stay safe. Have a great weekend. Saddle for battle.